with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? <laughs> how does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. So the other thing, since you're since you're here, yeah. I'm like it's something that I have been enjoying. I, I've been liking that Mandalorian. That's been that's been oh good. man, yeah. How fun is Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, super fun, super cool. And in fact, I'm wearing my Baby Yoda shirt right now. Awesome, awesome. I don't I, I don't, to... I don't call it that. I I just I, I can't do it. I I've been. <laughs> it's funny. I was on I was on a show with somebody else, and they're talking about it, and I was just like, oh the. The child, yes, the child. The child. I'm gonna, yes. I'm, I'm just well, gonna call it the call. child. So yeah. that was the yeah. name of the shirt when I ordered it off of shopdisney.com. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the, the child. That's the quote, quote unquote official name, right? And 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 then yeah. and but now because because everybody uses the other thing, like that's how the entire interwebs, like the entire mass populace, refers, yeah. refers to it as. They they yeah. they say they say affectionately referred to as. But the official name is the yeah. child, so I'm like, and then and then we were, we were laughing about that the other day because sometimes you're like, there's there's so many great memes, but then the, we were recording something the other day. It's just like they're, they're they started it. They're like, um, so how many Baby Yoda jokes do we have to make on this show? And we're like, none, <laughs> none. But then eventually we kept making them in between, so it, so it's gonna work out. But so I was just like, yeah. When I first saw the first episode and he showed up, I was like. It's Baby Yoda. <laughs> and I said, I said to myself, I said, of all the things that immediately pops into my head, please let this one stick. Because mm. so many of them pop into my head and I go, that should be the name of this. And it never, never sticks. And this one finally stuck. Nice. But I have a, I went to Disney this weekend and I have yeah, a. Yeah, uh, I saw, I saw all the, like you were posting the, the pictures the and everything. Child, yeah. yeah, I have a, the child on board magnet. Awesome. <laughs> Which was fun, and you know it's cool too because the car, you know, the car is the I got the uh, the Rogue One car anyway. You know the one that the one they made the Nissan Rogue. Oh, okay. That made okay. when Rogue One came okay. out. Okay. It's the Rogue One edition. So that just kind of adds to all of it that's already on the car. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was. Did you did you see like the latest one they released on Wednesday? Uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Remember, see, I get up at three fifteen every morning here, uh, Eastern. Oh, I guess those so, episodes so, come out at yeah, like yeah. three. Yeah, they come out. Well, yeah, it's like it's like all west. It's all West Coast time, so like they drop yeah. at midnight for the people that are dropping them or whatever. But then, yeah, I was reading how everybody was like on the East Coast, and I was like, man, I'm like I get because you're like waking up, right? But like some people yeah. are kind of like. Like, don't you guys have to go to work? Like, what yeah. I, was like I was like, I can't even stay. Like, I got things to do. Like, I can't stay up to midnight. Yeah. 
but yeah. No, that's the thing for me is like I get up at three fifteen, I go take the dogs out. There may or may not be poop involved. And then uh I come back in, I'm like, Well, the episode's on, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. works out great. I was I was excited to see the, the troop transport. <laughs> oh yeah. How great was that? Yeah. I mean, how many of us gushed? Uh Ryan, you know, from uh, from D four G, Ryan was just he sent me a text that day, he's like they put the troop transporter on us. Yes, yes, they did. And there was a shit pile of troops in that troop transport. <laughs> yeah, there was. I didn't really see it that way when I was a kid. Yeah, I guess I guess those guys were all the. I, I'm assuming the because they they kept saying this before the the episodes were released that they got guys from the the cosplayers from like the 500 yeah. first legion, and I assume I assume that sequence was where they were they were needed, right? Like, so yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's where they all showed up or whatever. Yeah, they were they were they themselves tweeted about it after the episode came okay. out. But yeah, hey, that was us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's pretty that's cool. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I was expecting um expecting IG eleven to uh to come back out and help out uh, Nick I Nolte, think, but it, it just didn't happen, I yeah. guess. No, but I think that's I think he's gonna wind up being the one that saves the day. And I think okay. that's I think that'll be neat because Mandalorian will have to deal with that. Mm. You know, as much as he hates the droids, that's right, right. to me that's the thing that's set that's being set up there. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I'll tell you the other thing it's made me do is go back and uh, I've downloaded. I haven't read any of them yet, but uh, I've gone and downloaded a bunch of Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Did you see? Did you see? There's a guy. I I forget the artist's name, but I, I retweeted it here and there. They did a. Uh, you know, kind of like a cover homage where they did one of the yes. Lone Wolf and Cub, but they called it like Lone Mando and Cub or something. Oh, and no, then, no, no. I haven't seen that. Yeah, no. and, and so it was like basically what they did was they did, they they made like a, you know, it, it was a mock-up like the Lone Wolf and Cub covers, but then, you yeah. know, in its place, you know, obviously it was the, the child and, and, and the Mandalorian or whatever. Oh, so, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, Lone Mando and Cub. I'm yeah, looking yeah, yeah. at it right now. Yeah, so like that I thought was cool because I was like, oh, oh that cool. is fantastic. Yeah, because it, it was funny because I, uh, I think people were, like I was talking to a bunch of old film guys I knew from Loyola Marymount and everything, and so people, you know, like I, I, I think even the show I was on, there, you know, the, I think the standard go-to for most people, oh, this is like a Western, you know, but I was kind of like, well, yeah. what it, I was like, that's true. And I agree with you. But also I was like, I couldn't help but think like you, I was like, make me think the lone wolf and cub, you know, like, and yeah. that, I mean, I, I think usually that's my go-to because I always run into those things. Like it's like when cable had, you know, baby hope, you know, like you know, when, when nomad had the, the baby in the nineties, you know, you were always like, mm. Oh, this is you know, they're doing a lone wolf and cub thing. And then, you know, when you saw the, Mandalorian, I, that's immediately what I thought of. So. Yeah, it, 100%. But, you know, the thing about the Westerns and what people don't tend to get is the, the samurai stuff translates to Westerns so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, you know, that it, I mean, that's, it, it's been done so many times before. Hey, let's take this and make it into a Western. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, I mean, yes, the Western aesthetic is there, but certainly there's there's Lone Wolf and Cub about it big time. Yeah. Big time! Oh, I love this. This is very cool looking. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is it? to print that out? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm sure they're selling them as prints or yeah. something. Right? Like, yeah. Well, I'm taking time off after I'm working Monday and I'm working half a day Tuesday, and then I'm off for the rest of the year. So uh, I'm piling up the here's what I've got to read list, and so I guess I'm going to put those on there because okay. they're they're on Comicsology Unlimited if you have that. Okay. 
I don't know if you have that or not, but uh, it when they first started it, it was worthless. But it's actually pretty now, rich now library it's now. Got a good library. Yeah, it's really so. When they first, it was like the volume one of everything. So you really okay, great. Now what? Uh, but now it's 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 pretty solid. I probably read a dozen Invincibles on there. Oh yeah, that's a good. I mean, they're quick reads and they're usually yeah. pretty entertaining. I mean, they got a little kind of tiresome gonna... towards the end, but but I, yeah. I I I think like those first like what two years like were pretty pretty rock solid. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed that run. Uh, I read a little bit of the stuff come. I guess I don't know. Has it already come up? Has he already finished the series? Uh, yeah, it's been. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure it's been done. Like I think it got up to. God, I forget because my my buddy Mike, who's on the show, like he 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 read it in real time, and I think I I read like some collected editions and kind of you know we we talked about it once or twice and everything. But he would every once in a while I'd say, oh, I read the latest issue and you know, now they're doing this with it and, you know, whatever. And then I think they, I, I forget if it got up to a hundred or not. Like, I, I feel like, it oh, got no, no. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think I, it was either this past free comic book day or the one before that, where they were kind of setting up that final storyline when it was coming out and I couldn't, or when it was getting ready to come out and I can't remember which one it was. So, uh, but the, the, the series had already kind of evolved so far beyond what I had read. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what? And he's, you know, he's living in space on this bizarre planet. Yeah, he's yeah. got a kid. And it's like, what? Yeah. That's, I, I recognize this nut. So, uh, I don't know that I need to go finish it beyond what I read, but what I read, I enjoyed. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the way I sort of felt about it. Yeah, so comic comicsology unlimited is not a bad thing anymore. It's uh, pretty solid. They've got a ton of that Lone Wolf and Cub on there for free, though. So I'm gonna tear into that over the Christmas break because nothing says Christmas like a guy chopping people down with a sword over a baby. Well, I I remember when I got heavy deep into it, and I have um, I mean I've got like all the Shogun Assassin Blu-rays, and I've got like all the oh wow the the movie you know the actual Japanese movies of it and everything and then i found but it's like one of these things where at some point i thought because they were they were like i want to say they were like dvd rips of the vhs rip or something but basically like i I, because justin was asking me about it i'm like well i have the tv series but it's like it's like these large like 4.7 gig disc files that are on a hard drive you know somewhere that was at the time it was supposed to the intention was oh i was going to burn this to a disc or something and that never happened but i still have the you know i still have the files if i ever wanted yeah. to watch them or whatever so it was like i remember when i you know that was something where i was like oh i got super super heavy and you know where i was like oh i want i want all of this or whatever <laughs> you know but wow like but that i think i haven't i haven't seen like you know i haven't like sat down and actually did like a watch through watch through because there's so many things like that where it's just like it's it's on the list but i haven't yeah i haven't done it or whatever but yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you what you need to keep an eye out for me because you guys cover a lot more of this stuff than than i go near on a regular basis but someday i need a copy of godzilla versus Biolanti in original the original japanese well because they they just well you know what the 
there's they just I know Criterion made, went nuts. Well, they just made the Blu-ray because I think I own it now. So because it's has it got the original Japanese track on it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm positive really? it does. Yeah, is it really made it? Here, let me find my. Here it is. Godzilla versus Biolanti, the Super Beast Battle of the Century. So they've got the Mirror Max. Yeah, and then then, then here audio 5.1 BTS original Japanese language 2.0. Uh-huh. DS Japanese and then 1.0 Dolby Digital English, so that the Dolby has the, you know, the the Russians are evil, but the rest of it is uh, is the standard Japanese film or whatever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. So it, I I don't know if it's uh, I don't I, sometimes I I'm I'm scared because I know sometimes I pull out like stuff I have and then people are like that's out of print and it's like 75 bucks you know or whatever yeah. so it's like I don't, I don't know what what the going rate for that is now but I was like I know they just did that so yeah, to, to me like huh. I'll have to keep an eye out for that because when uh, in the early 90s when that came out you know I've got a buddy who, who lives in Japan and he lives in Japan because he's an Ultraman Godzilla freak that's why he lives in Japan um, but he was visiting over there when he was still in school and he came back with a, uh, somehow an NTSC copy of the movie when it was still fresh and, uh, Holy we shit. sat and watched it. Holy the, shit. What? What's that? I was like, I, I was just, I was just like joking, but I was like, wait, I looked it up on Amazon. I hate Amazon because yeah. they have totally fake prices, but I'm like, there's one used offer for $257 oh, yeah, and 23 great. cents. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm like, you I'm like, reconsider whether or not you keep it. And then 104. What? That's ridiculous, <laughs> dude. That's ridiculous. Wait. So uh, no wonder you were talking about. I was like, keep an eye out yeah. for it. I'm like, it exists. It's like a gazillion dollars. Like, why? Like, yeah, that that sucks, dude. Like, they should just reissue that then. I mean, yeah, why not? That says there's demand, right? Yeah, but I'm like, the funniest thing was there were a bunch of there were a bunch of characters who actually speak English in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that and the yeah. the English that they spoke to me was hilarious. Because it was plainly not written by English speakers. I, I, we, we, we semi had this conversation before, and it's in the, okay. it's in the after credits of the, um, the uh, Star Wars droid episode. But then oh, I, okay. I toss in audio from the show I was telling oh, you, you about that, that uh, not, 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 not Bialanti, but the, the one that, that, because it's like Common uh, Rider Gaim. Like I mentioned, there was the show, and, and Ron got into it. Because we we talked about it on our podcast, and so I was like, "Well, if you thought the Violante stuff was funny, you should you should hear this thing." And then I like snipped in a couple, you know, passages where they're like, "What are you doing? I don't understand." About them. Nah, nah. You know, it's like uh, so I just threw I just threw the audio in there towards the end. But yeah, that was. Uh, so. well, yeah, Ron's a huge common writer guy. I forgot about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this it it became a catchphrase with us for a while to. I want you make sure that the <laughs> Japan does not produce any more of that. Mm. It's like, okay, I want this. So, oh shoot! Well, if it's uh, if it's out there, and it becomes affordable-ish, <laughs> I mean, that, that's it. the thing. It exists. It's I, I think it's one of those uh, 
Scott Gardner things where you, we have to keep our eye out if you want the really for reals copy and find it when it's not ridiculous or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep those eyes peeled. That's all I could say. All right. And I will do likewise. Cool. Together from the disparate reaches of geekdom, here in this restaurant booth are the most powerful forces of geek ever assembled. Ryan, the toy geek. Scott, the award-winning radio host. Jeff, Scott's minion. And Ron, just Ron, dedicated to truth, justice, and geek for all mankind, it's Dinner for Geeks. Dinner for Geeks proudly crusades at twotruefreaks.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another spacerific uh childastic episode of fan holes podcast hey what's up guys this is derek derek wc i'm gonna be one of your hosts for tonight and i am not alone i am joined by two count them two of my bounty hunting fan holes why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody hey guy i'm not a fucking stormtrooper okay it's mike <laughs> Hey guys, this is Tony, and I will just have to say one of the most popular phrases from this show, because, I mean, it's so great and so well-known, it's a meme, and that, of course, is I have to self-destruct per my, you know, manufacturer's decree. Oh. Do not self-destruct, Tony. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shoot. And uh, I am a nanny caretaker. I will be caretaking. Our, our fellow fan hosts for the rest of the podcast. And what we will be discussing is the eight-episode TV series, The Mandalorian. So, yeah, yeah, I guess um, a bunch of us wanted to just get together and, and, and shoot the breeze about The Mandalorian because it's, uh, I don't know, it seems like most people are just kind of saying, like, it's not like it's the most outrageous, greatest thing that's ever been put to film or anything, but just that it's, it's Star Wars, and it's pretty good, so that's turned into, you know, it's the best thing ever, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, that, that 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 seems to be the general consensus, and it's, uh, for me, I, 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 I feel like that is extremely true of myself i mean i don't i don't think it's the greatest thing i've ever seen in the world but since it's star wars and i don't hate it i'm kind of astounded you know like like so that's <laughs> yeah. just you know our, our 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 expectations have been so subverted for like the last like six or so years that like when something comes out and it, it's i mean like I, I will throw praise where praise is due but the fact that it's just competent and and it, it it seems to have a direction and it like is enjoyable it's like holy fuck i'm so excited it's like <laughs> yeah i mean the i think the last time i watched something that i was like man star wars is cool like was probably like the gendy tartakovsky clone wars like cartoon so i mean that's that's a while back <laughs> yeah like 20 years yeah I mean, there were, there were, I mean, I, I'd say just to be fair, like 
there there are definitely patches of the Clone Wars CGI yeah, yeah, and the, the Rebels animated CGI that I liked. And I, I think, you know, uh, Dave Filoni's the showrunner for those, and I think he's working on this as well. So there's there's some kind of carryover from those series to this series, even though it's in live action form. So I, I, I would be willing to say, like, for me, like the last time I got excited about something Star Wars related that was on film slash TV, whatever, beyond the Mandalorian was when when they had Darth Vader on on Rebels, you know, like the, the those moments like where he was in the TIE fighter taking you know, guys out or, you know, just, you know, showing up to fight uh, snips or whatever. Like, th- those moments I thought were, were pretty cool. I think, I think I remember, like, when and that, that they had those teasers coming out, even though you are pretty good at avoiding spoilers and what like that, you were actually excited by the teaser. You were like, this is ruining nothing. I want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. To yeah. be fair, like, I watched – that clip of like that final duel that Obi-Wan and Darth Maul had on rebels. And I was like, Oh man, like, I wish that was like, it's one of those things that's so good. You were like, Oh man, I wish that was in a movie. Like, Oh, like, hmm. but yeah, like, no, there, there have been like definitely spots from those cartoons where I was like, Oh yeah. That was like, I like, it's like, you remember you were like, Oh yeah. Star Wars can be good. Like really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess the, 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 the main point, about the Mandalorian before we like dissect anything, like, you know, get too into the lore of the Mandalore. <laughs> I'm not funny. Like one of the things I like is like, you know, it seems like everybody who's working on this is not just a fanboy of star Wars where they like, you know, are doing fan service and stuff like that. It's like, yes, you see shit from the movies or, or, or even the books or even the comics, but it's just a part of the world. It's like, you know, I think I said this like when we were talking, chatting about it offline one day, uh, off like the call, and I was just saying though, they treat it like how you would treat living in New York, seeing a subway. You know, it's not like you know, look at that subway. That was part of the blah blah blah. You know, transport crisis of nineteen seventy. It's like no, it's a fucking subway. And these guys are like, you know, like oh man, they got that e-web gun. That thing sucks. You know, like it's like really powerful and it kills a lot of people. You know, they're not like you know. This is the bestest gun ever, you know. It's like I, I I like that they 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 reference stuff without being not being too fanboy. You know, it wasn't like here's the Millennium Falcon. You know? <laughs> yeah, there wasn't like it's weird to say, but it's like I in the Mandalorian there are legitimate moments where like I fe- felt like like I didn't clap, but like I almost felt like like clapping, like I like I, you know like not not literally but figuratively in my mind. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to share any of those figurative clapping moments? Well, like even like from the very first like trailer of it, like, you know, it's it's, it kind of reached into like, you know, my childhood and just like showing like an egg. And I and I I always I used to say egg because my friend always used to say egg 88, like but uh, an IG like model. Like in the trailer, I was like, oh, man, like that's the first time I've ever seen one like actually like. I guess animated. So like that, that was like a big thing for me. 
and like you know <laughs> look, look I, doing something <laughs> yeah i know it's like it's actually like i've always wondered and I, I think it's shown up on some of the cartoons before but like i've never seen it in a show is it doesn't need to hit you over the head with things it doesn't like I, I like all those brief flashbacks to like his, you know, his origin or whatever, where, you know, all the, the super battle droids are like killing his family or whatever. It's like, that's like any, it, it doesn't like belabor the point. It's like, that's all you need. It's like, he doesn't trust droids. Cause you see why he doesn't trust droids right, and, yeah. and they don't make a huge deal of it where it's like, look kids, it's the super battle droid from the prequels. Like, look at it. Like, don't you remember that? Like, remember the super battle droid? Like, like, I don't know. It was just, you know, it was just there. Like it was a mythology nod and it advanced his character and it, they didn't have to like pound it into the ground with you. Well, I mean, I think that's like one thing I appreciate. I don't know if it was, it was a clap thing because it was original, especially like, and I'm going to tie it into a little bit of a, like a bitching thing, but bear with me is is positive positive about the mandalorian and just pointing out how you can do this in the force you know awakens trilogy i call it you know the whatever you want to call it the new trilogy we are we are shown ray and finn and poe and like we're we're told poe's the best pilot in the galaxy oh okay and uh ray is like the the most awesomest jedi maybe whatever force user in the in the in the galaxy okay and finn he's there neither one of those characters really seem to have any like merit to why they are that way you know it's like especially like ray and like i'm sorry if you guys hate that that i'm saying that out there i i I have to stick by my guns she is a very mary sue character this is not political this is storytelling she could do everything and for no good reason and with the mandalorian he was raised by these well-known renowned warriors from like a child we don't really have to see his journey because that, you know, mythos is kind of great enough because it's mystery, but everybody's scared of them, you know? Everybody's like, man, Mandal- Mandalorians are, like, fucking terrible. Like, they're they're savages and, like, all that stuff. Not like barbarians, but they're just efficient, brutal killers. And, like, even in Clone Wars, they were shown to have slightly more peaceful society because it was, like, different sex. And that adds more story, and that's, like, you know, why you can get into this character, because you're, like, wanting to see the mystery. It's like, oh, why are these Mandalorians kind of different from the ones in, like, you know, Clone Wars, except for, you know, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, like, there's the Death Watch, and they're definitely more the the killed or be killed type of Mandalorians. And, you know, that's just really interesting. It's, like, it's building its own world, and he also, for me, I bought into the character the first five seconds, like, when he's dealing with, like, the, what's his name, Horatio Sands guy, and, you know... He's just a badass, but I don't balk at it. I'm not like, why is he so cool? It just it the look and everything like that, it just it it works so well for me. Yeah. I mean it's it's almost like he's taking like Boba Fett's like sorta image and like then they actually back it up kinda. Yeah, yeah. I, I said somewhere, I think it was on, on the message board we're at. Like the the Mandalorian character, this Mandalorian character is doing all the things we wanted Boba Fett to do in the movies. Well, it's kind of weird because it's like nowadays it seems like Boba Fett is like a poser almost where it's like he's not even like a real Mandalorian like or if he is he's from some like you know like you said sect that you know isn't as cool as like this sect clearly so right yeah it's crazy like how how invested I did become in this and like I guess to flip the script because since since I am kind of gushing now I said I, I said I wouldn't I said I wouldn't 
like like Derek, like you know, the you know Star Wars did try to kill your dad apparently. So you've been pretty angry at Star Wars, or they 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 took away your love of Star Wars. But you, like you said, you like the Mandalorian. Like, like what what got you into it to where you're like you know, like you're like this is good. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's just kind of a a basic tenant. Like the the people that recognize the piece see it in their own ways. You know, I've had people tell me it's like a you know a gunslinger thing, like a western, and to me it's like. You know, it reminds me of Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, and and it's something pretty simple. It's not it's not super deep. It's it's nothing you have to think about too much. It's it's a guy who's defending his kid. Right. Like so. And then they're on the run. Right there. And, and then it's all about, you know, all these various, you know, I mean, to me, when you think Lone Wolf and Cub, there's going to be all these assassins that come out of the woodwork and you got the little, you know, the baby carriage with the, the, the rolling knives and all that other shit that comes with it, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it, that's transposed into the Star Wars universe and I'm not as knee deep into it where I know all the different names of all these different aliens and characters and everything, but... I think there's just something uh, pretty basic that is, you know, you, you've you've got the appeal to the, I would think to to the the younger female demographic by you know the the way that the child has the cute factor and all that kind of stuff, and then you know if there's if there's any female demographic that wants to have their uh, as as people like to put it, their sense of agency. You've got Cara Dune there, right? So she can be, you know, kind of her own, you know, rebel warrior, you know, commando girl with, you know, a sense of agency and all that kind of stuff. But for the, the guys that, you know, enjoy, you know, kind of like the, the gunslinger samurai aspect of it, you know, you've got the Mandalorian, you've got, you know, them going on you know the the adventures from week to week you know kind of you know whether it's the space fights or the dog fights or the the gunslinging or, or what have you the the speeder bikes like all that kind of stuff i i think it harkens back to a lot of things that are probably recognizably familiar within the franchise but also kind of puts their own spin on it so and 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 i guess what you know kind of what you guys were saying before they don't call attention to it it's not like oh boy a speeder bike i fucking clapped when i saw a speeder bike it's like well they're in the fucking desert it's hot like you know it, it's probably best to travel on a speeder right because then then it's not you know you're not gonna you know fry when you walk across the desert you're gonna you're gonna go at a, at a quick clip and, and and you know work it out that way but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, th to me, this this was mainly enjoyable. I mean, you you had you had fun shit like the Imperial Troop Transport, like fun nods to things, and again, things that I don't know that they, you know, to me, they didn't call like a bunch of attention to. It wasn't like anybody was banging the drum, going, "Hey, look at this," per se. But at the same time, it was kind of like a cool, you know, a cool callback to to what was going on there. Like, I guess there's always been the allure of, um, of Boba Fett, you know, like the, the Mandalorian stuff. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I liked reading the Marvel Star Wars comics that went into, you know, Mandalorian backstory and that kind of stuff, whether it's, you know, considered 
apocryphal or non-canon now or whatever but th those were always things that i was interested in or even the the kevin j anderson you know tales of the bounty hunters you know segments where you were trying to get more information on like well what exactly is the story with boba fett and that of course was before all the prequel nonsense and the you know clones and and, and that kind of stuff i i, I think there was kind of the effort to get away from the clone thing for mandalorians i think that was like a I don't know if it's marketing or even Lucasfilm. I don't know. It just seems like they... I think that's why Boba Fett is kind of made out to be a poser now is because they're like... Uh, we kind of diluted how cool the Mandalorian is. Yeah, were, but I mean, you know? I mean, even even in the sense of, of this character, right? Like, he is is cool but i mean it you know i you know and, and and i hesitate to say but i mean he's cool in the way that like wolverine was cool for people when he first showed up on the scene i mean he doesn't kick everybody's ass i mean that 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 first episode where the the i don't know whatever the fuck it is the little space rhinoceros or whatever you know forgive me i don't know all the the terminology right but but when when that Right. That, that, so, so when that is about to hand him his ass, I mean, yeah, the child does the force thing and, and gives him his opening so he can he can kill it, right? But if it wasn't for the child, I mean, it, you know, the the first couple scenes, he's getting knocked through the mud. That's why you have all these these you know action figure poses with these black series figures that are like drenched in mud because he got. He got slammed through the crap and just like Wolverine getting his ass whooped and getting sent to the sewer and then looking quote unquote all badass. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the vibe you get. I mean, you know, it, it's like one of those things where they say, oh, can the Mandalorian take so-and-so in a fight? Well, maybe not, but he looks pretty fucking cool while he's doing it, you know, like, so I, I, I think there's that aspect of of the fandom, you know, he's kind of an underdog, he, he you know, it's like, there, there, and then there are moments where he is, sh like, strictly speaking, super badass, where it's like, if you drop Wolverine into a den of ninjas, and the ninjas are of no discernible character, you know, it's like, Wolverine takes them all out, and looks like a super badass, and it's kind of like when they were on that prison ship, the rebel prison ship, and, and they, they throw him into the, you know, with all the prison, you know, droid, um, wardens or whatever you want to call them, right? Like, and and him taking all those 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 battle droids out, and and you're seeing just how efficient and brutal he can be in that scenario. Then he comes across looking like you know a pretty pretty big badass. So I think all that stuff is kind of fun. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah, I, I I do I do echo your sentiment that like, well, he is a badass and he does do cool shit. You know, right? <laughs> Best way I could put it, he does cool shit. Like he, he's never overpowered. He's never just like you know so thoroughly badass that like, like I, I, I think the best hero stories, whether it be superheroes or like Greek mythology or you know westerns or whatever, is like your your hero has to take some lumps. You know he has to not always be the clear cut like favorite in the fight. You know, and that 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 makes him more you know like I said underdog, more likable. Because it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, I want him to win now because, like, he, he is overcoming an obstacle instead of, like, no, he's going to win. He, he's, he's always going to win. I, I, I hate when you feel that way about a character. You, you know, it's it's that thing you wouldn't necessarily see, like, the Jawas giving, you know, Darth Vader a hard time, but they, they give 
they give him a hard time, right? Like, you know, so, I mean, there's, the, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of learning curve and you, you join him for that learning curve ride. You know, he's got to learn how to ride the little beast and, and, and go after the Jawas and get his, get his crap back. You know, like, it's like, I, I, I think in that sense, it, it's the same thing as the, the Western and the samurai analogy. I mean, who hasn't had their fucking car stolen or like shit? jacked out of their car or something do you know what i mean like like that's that's something like really basic right where you're just yeah. you're like dude these you know these jawas jacked my fucking car and i want my shit back like i mean that, that that's a very sort of pure kind of motivation and i think i think that's something that becomes a a universal touchstone with everybody, you know, that, that, that it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or, you know, a, a young person or an old person or whatever it is. I mean, you know, it's funny how they, they, they're sitting there with all these fucking mathematicians and dumb assholes in, in these corporate muckety muck things trying to like, you know, make the star Wars movies the most, universally accepted for all these people but in the meantime you got this little tv show here where it's like you know everybody's had their fucking car stolen man like at least once right like everybody knows what it's like to want to get your radio back i i when my car when my stuff is stolen i i always go and get my flamethrower too you want to right i mean i mean wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that make you feel better like, absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is a it is a simple story in a lot of ways. There's one episode where like he's on Tatooine, and motherfucker just needs money. He's broke, so he takes a kind of shitty job because he's broke. I mean, we've all been there. You know? <laughs> it, it's it's something very relatable. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, I was actually really impressed by a lot of the. Uh, co-stars or, or supporting stars or special guest stars depending on their their status in hollywood i i thought like carl weathers was really good as grief carga mando yeah <laughs> mando. baby do the thing with your hands baby <laughs> do the magic hand thing yeah, yeah. just waves he at <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was funny he was he was sinister at one point and like he actually had an arc that was that was, was kind of nice i I'm not used to seeing that. I'm not used to seeing like a supporting character nowadays really get an arc. And like Cara Dune was cool. Like, you know, she was, you know, again, you're talking about she had agency, but like, I, I, I believe that she was a badass. She was a, uh, a former. Oh, Republican. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was fully prepared to think that this was something that was going to be foistered upon this show and, and potentially, you know, screech and halt the brakes to where I couldn't take the show seriously. And I, think she defied any misgivings or apprehensions i had like i i thought she was great like i i didn't you know i enjoyed the character like i enjoyed the backstory like i mean i i i don't know it seemed like it seemed like by the third and fourth episode i saw a lot of people i went to film school with or or you know people that you know came out with the the critic type analysis where they you know they're you know it, it's the same thing i think like the maybe the same missteps that like somebody like jeremy johns was making initially where he's like this is episodic or you know they tried to cram too much into an episode or blah 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 blah, blah or or you know cinematography or you know just you know kind of getting off on you know poking holes in things but i mean i think 
I don't know. Like, like to me, I'm I'm kind of like, well, one, it it's kind of supposed to be episodic, and two, like, you know, it's I I don't know. Like, I I just felt it was funny because for a moment I felt like you know, the entire internet was on this show's side, and then all of a sudden I started seeing the cracks, you know, where people started trying to, like, turn on it or whatever. And I think, I mean, I, I have some criticisms here and there, but, I mean, for the most part, like, I, I found it pretty enjoyable across the board. And and I think, you know, what, kind of what you're saying, like, the supporting cast is a part of that, you know, like the, you know, Carl Weathers, you know, like, I, I can't help but make the, the Rocky connection because I think the 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 Mandalorian's theme kind of sounds like you know Star Wars Rocky you know what I mean like like there's that there's that aspect to it you know and 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 that kind of underdog aspect like all that kind of stuff you know I, I like that he kept like saying like uh just random fucking Star Wars things like I'm your only hope or it was it, it was just cheesy enough that it was funny you know I don't know why it just I don't know it kind of made me laugh like, why is this guy saying this you know I like when he was um I forgot in some scene he was explaining to someone like about the Mandalorian culture and he was like you know it's not a people it's a creed and then like like he was in the room and he I thought he was gonna say did you just say my name like like I'm a creed you like yeah yeah like yeah like her is like it's not it's not a it's not a race and they do a close-up of Mando and like you almost think he's looking at Carl Weathers because like it's a creed <laughs> yeah there was there was all these stupid memes where it was like they they had the dialogue exchange and at the bottom of it then it's a cut to like you know Carl Weathers from you know Rocky 2 and his extravagant you know fourth of July kind of like outfit or whatever you know when he's about to come on uh you know in Rocky 2 or whatever so I thought it was kind of funny but Nick Nolte as just a voiceover guy, like did a really good job as Queel. That was, that was like, like I don't, I have spoken was like the first meme to come out of this show. You know, it was like I have spoken. I, I actually have an good authority that Nick Nolte worked out so that he could get to Ugnat size, and that that was all method acting. So I don't know what you're talking about for voice acting. I think that that was actually that was actually Nick Nolte on camera as as an Ugnat. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he cut his yeah, legs yeah. off he at the knees and him just put and like did he did a like cotton hill like I lost my legs in in Korea. Look at me, boy. Look at my shins. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he was he was fun. Um, like you know, and okay, like okay, like we're going into spoilers now. So like, if 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 you don't want to hear this, like take a few minutes off. I don't know if we do timestamps. I mean, we're 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 too lazy for that. But um, you know, when he died, I I I did feel something. I was like, oh, that sucks. Well, see, that's what that that's the thing I thought was funny was you know I think the speculation was you know yeah because I mean I, I that, that's kind of what I thought. I thought the IG droid was going to come out and whoop some ass. And what's funny is it does, but like I'm kind of like, well, it kind of did an episode too late, so. I was like seeing all the people going, "Oh man, you know, IG Eleven. He's he's the man. He's the droid. Like he's super awesome." And I'm like, "Yeah, he could have been like super awesome like ten minutes earlier, and he could have saved uh, poor Nick Nolte's life, but uh, he did not." So. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that that is a valid like story criticism, and I I totally get that. Like I was like, "What? Like Bill Burr is going to be in a Star Wars show? Like how does that work?" Like uh, he he worked really well. Oddly enough, uh, well, I mean, being like like a bounty hunter did 
like work well for him. I, I think that is a really solid episode. But the the Star Wars hit at me like episode three when all the Mandalorians just like jetpack into like you know the city and they're just like blasting the fuck out of everybody. I'm just like, oh fuck, I guess I could die now. I'm good. <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite episode, like, from this series? Like, I, I'd say maybe mine is the prison ship, like, episode, just because, like, like I said, when Bill Burr was announced to be in it, I was like, really? Like, what's he going to do? Like, that seems really out of character for him. But, no, he worked out, like, really well. Like, and I thought he was great. I thought that whole episode was great. He was a really good scumbag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be. That was his character. As far as I go... I, I would say I really liked episode three. I think it was called The Sin. I think that's what it was. I liked it because we saw Mando kick ass and stuff like that. But the Star Wars fanboy in me was just overwhelmed by the Mandalorians coming into the city and just taking charge and, like, kicking ass. And, yeah, that was... you know, they, yeah, they come in on their jetpacks. It, it, it just looked cool. I mean, I mean, I, I really don't have anything much more awesome to say than that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I there, there were things about the the prison episode that i thought were cool there were also things that kind of bugged me too because i was kind of like i really did think he he uh he killed all those guys at the end of it and then when i found out they were all locked up i was kind of disappointed you know because i was like well that's gonna come back to bite you in the ass but then like part of me sees like the the storytellers or the execs going oh we can we can bring clancy brown back and he can be indestructible again and it'll be super fun or whatever but i'm like part part of me is kind of like well wait a minute like uh you know it was like when he was having that fight with him i was kind of like holy fuck it was like when uh you know the punisher was fighting the russian or something where you were just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah what yeah does that it same thought fucking kill this guy you know like and and then and then and then you start to wonder well then how did he beat him it's like what he he, he held the one blast door but not the other blast door like i you know and then it's like well that it's like one of those things where it felt kind of part part of it seemed lazy like they didn't know how to resolve it so then the next time you see them they were just all locked up and you're like okay whatever like you know so like that that was one of those things where i was kind of like oh okay you know but um i don't i mean you know i i, I don't know i i, I dug the you, you know i, I kind of dug all the mythology type stuff you know with the you know, with the child and all that kind of stuff so i don't i don't know that i necessarily had a favorite episode but i mean i liked I li- I like most of the episodes. You just you just don't have a clear cut winner. I mean I mean that's fine. I mean they're all like they all had strengths and weaknesses. I agree, but yeah yeah I I, I can see where you're coming from. That being said, uh, I I guess I'll be that asshole. Like I, since I did do some spoilers, a lot of people, like you said, Derek, thought this was just episodic, and you know he's going to do this this week. You know, monster of the week kind of thing. You know, and, and that's true. I mean, there was a lot of episodes that did have that. You know. They could bring some of these characters back later, but this could that could have been a one and done with the uh, with the uh, prison thing. But at the end of the season, they definitely give you a cliffhanger. There's a there's a new character kind of brought in related to the uh, series called Moff Gideon, and he's uh, basically uh, you know El Pollo Hermanos manager from Breaking Bad. <laughs> he's pretty cool. He's pretty badass and stuff, and he gives the uh, the the crew a, a tough time. And especially for you, Derek, since we were talking like you know about rebels and the clone wars this motherfucker apparently has the goddamn dark saber you know this is obviously speculation but where the fuck do you think that's going i mean uh, i don't i don't know that it's going anywhere in particular like i just i i figured he knows his real name and he was there when they took out all the mandalorians so that's 
I just figured that's how he obtained it, right? Because he was at the fall, right? The sixth fall. I don't, I don't know, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a good cliffhanger, though. I mean, it's like a good teaser. I, I just want the cliffhanger as a teaser, because he's defeated. He's, he's, and, again, oh, this, that's one thing I, I definitely wanted to bring up. As far as wrestling goes, this has nothing to do with story, nothing to do with character. One of the things I really liked about this show is, at the end of the day, this is a, a fucking TV show. It is is 40 minutes on the high end. I think the last episode was almost 50 minutes. It was like a pretty lengthy episode for this series. Holy shit, this looks like a movie. I mean, money was dumped into this damn thing, and, and it pays off. Everything looks really good. Yeah, the production was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably worth mentioning that that a lot of the production money that probably went into special effects was probably where all the money went into, but it sounds like the, the when Moth Gideon showed up, and they had all those troopers and everything. They talked about how the, you know, we talk about cosplayers and things like that. They had the 501st Legion guys that, that dress up as stormtroopers and all these conventions and everything. And so a lot of those guys were the guys that were in the, um, I guess that barricade or whatever you want to call it, you know, when, when all troops were deployed, you know, when they're holed up in that little, you know, bar or whatever. So, I mean, I'm I'm not saying it all rests on them or that that they you know that they they didn't have a lot of money thrown at this, but but I think in some sense to get the the vibe that they wanted, I think they owe a lot to the um, you know the the fans that came in to to do that for them too, because I don't think they would have had that same vibe. You know, or maybe not all the money to spend on something like that. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. that that was easy. Like like probably like thirty or forty like unpaid people. Because I don't think they were paid. I think they they were just like, fuck yeah, we want to be on a TV show. So yeah, yeah, that was that's like yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like yeah, I'm sure there was like concessions and stuff like that. You know, to be made. Um, because I mean, I, I I think it's pretty safe to say that probably the most famous celebrity like that people would know like Werner Herzog is a really good actor don't get me wrong I mean he's been in a lot of shit but I would actually say like Carl Weathers might be the most like prominent actor in this yeah well, I think that's fair I mean Werner Herzog's a famous director more than he is an actor yeah. I think but but yeah but but that's true there was a lot of cameos, like a lot of people wanted to make cameos in this, like, you know, yeah, like, you know, Horatio Sands and, uh, who was it, David Cross in the first episode? I forgot who, who the, who the skiff driver was. Oh, oh, uh, uh, uh god damn it, I had his name in my... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't David Cross, it was somebody else. Uh, he's a, he's a fucking comedian, too, though, uh... Oh, that's gonna bug the crap out of me now. I'll see if I can remember it. I, oh, I Brian Posehn, and then like Jason Sudeikis was in that last episode. He w- he was the the scout trooper who punched the child. Yeah, uh, e- either he was the voice or he was actually in the suit. It's possible. I mean, it wasn't like you have, you don't have to be like in great shape to be in a suit. I'm not saying he's fat. He's like a it's, skinny it's, guy. Yeah, that's well, it's horrible. But I like I was seeing like YouTube videos of like. It was like Jason Sudeikis, Scout Trooper, punches child for 10 hours straight or something. And it was just like a repeat of him punching the child, like, over and over again. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, you, you could even say, like, Clancy Brown, even though he was a character with a lot of speaking lines, kind of a cameo because he was in heavy makeup and he was, he was only in one episode. So, I mean, you kind of go there. Yeah. Well, Clancy Brown plays a lot of, like, stuff, like, I guess, like that. He plays a lot of heavies. Yeah. Well, he's a big dude. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's, he's, he's physically imposing, I guess you would say. But yeah, 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 you know, like, and, 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 and Derek's favorite name to, to make fun of, uh, Taika Watiti, uh, uh, you know, he's not famous for really, I mean, kind of known for being an actor, but he's, he's more well known for being a director too. And he, he, he lent his voice talents to IG 11. So well, what do you think about all this, like, uh, conspiracy stuff about, you know, or at least, you know, like the, you know how Mike, you're showing us those Collider videos where it's got the guy that's George Lucas, but it's like, you know, I mean, there, there must be something to that where they're like, oh, if they called it IG, you know, 88, they'd have to cash uh, Uncle George a check, but that's why they called it IG 11 or whatever. Like, do you think there's something to that or, or is it just like more conspiracy nonsense? They paid him a billion and that's that. Mm-hmm. Could be like I, I who knows what kind of back end deals like be they get for this. So like, I don't know. But I, I, I would go with like the fact that like IG Eleven does turn out to have like a a heroic redemption kind of moment. They might not want that for IG eighty eight. You know, like IG eighty is supposed to be pretty much evil, and also he's dead by now. So yeah, because he was in the best tales of the bounty universe novels. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, of course, there's the biggest elephant in the room that people keep clamoring about whether or not it's going to happen. There is that scene at the end of uh, The Gunslinger. Uh, I think that's episode five, I think, where, uh, you know, uh, the, the the gunslinger kills this Imperial uh, assassin. And uh, at the end of the episode, there's this uh, cling clang of like spurs and some mysterious caped individual like checking the death, you know, or seeing like maybe a bounty that he missed, she missed. Could be anybody. Could 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 be anybody, but everybody and their mom is like, hey, that's Boba Fett. So like what what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean that's like, you know, if if I don't know. There's the part of me that's like, well, isn't Boba Fett dead? But then there's the part of me that's like, well, they brought him back in all these other expanded universe things too, so that's entirely possible, I suppose. I I don't know that I thought that when I saw that scene, but that's true. Like technically, since Disney chucked out all that like expanded stuff, doesn't that mean Boba Fett is like canonically dead at the moment? Or yeah, yeah. but but Disney has also chucked back in a lot of stuff from the expanded universe. They like. They made it their own. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah. They 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 picked and chosen what they wanted and didn't want. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I mean, there's a part of me that would be like, of course, I I would like to see Boba Fett again. I mean, I'm that fan. I I like Boba Fett. I think he got kind of dipped in the clay Jedi, you know. Ah, crash, you know, dead. But at the same time, like, there was a part of me that after these eight episodes. I like the Mandalorian. I like his name is Jen Garland or something like that. And I want to see his adventures. And I think if you throw in Boba Fett, that, that focus is going to go away for him really fucking quick. Even if he is just like a guest star or a guest villain or a guest mentor or whatever. Well, I, it it's weird. Cause it's not like 
uh, Din Djarin is like Jodo cast or anything. Cause like when that was like written, it was like Boba Fett was the only like surviving like Mandalorian in the galaxy. And then, cause, and then, you know, they had Jodo cast using Mandalorian armor and he's like, well, he's a, he's an imposter. But now it's kind of like, oh, no, there are clans of Mandalorians left like all over the place. So it's not like Boba Fett can go up to this guy and be like, hey, you're stealing my bit. Like, Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like or they could go with like, you know, like you're pretty good, kid. You know, that that route, you know, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's like but he is like a big character. I mean, like me personally, when when you guys were bringing up like IG-88, you know, like the IG-11 droid is not new. I mean, we've seen them in animation and like Mike, Mike said, the uh, movable beanstalk in Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, you know, like, ooh, I'd like to see Bosk or I'd like to see uh, For, Forlom or, or Zuckus. But like, okay, like Forlom and Zuckus, probably not as big characters to like steal the spotlight. But do you think like even like Bosk or or didn't, God forbid Dengar is like more <laughs> well didn't known. They have some? Didn't he fight some Trandoshans at some point? <laughs> he I did. Forgot. Yeah. yeah. So like they yeah. could, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that would kind of be kind of cool. Like that would kind of uh, expand the uh, expand the universe. Well, Tony, like, Tony, what I want to see is like him and like a Trandoshan like stuck on a like they have to fight each other, and it'll be like the Kirk versus the Gorn fight or something. <laughs> yeah, the Trandoshan has to throw a rock, and and, and the Mandalorian has to make like a makeshift bazooka. <laughs> yeah, the child just uh, shakes up some some counter or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, like I, I guess that that uh, you know me kind of positing on that. You know, and like, you know, I was talking about like the Darksaber and all that stuff. And obviously my lore game is like involved in this now. Like, you know, Derek is enjoying it just because it's a fun show and that's totally cool. But, you know, I've got my head kind of in this. But that being that way, like, you know, Mike, you're probably the less, least, less, lesser of us on this as far as like, you know, the Clone Wars or Rebels and stuff like that. But Derek probably being probably knowing more about Clone Wars, but me and I both watch Rebels about the same amount. Is there anything you would like to see in Season 2? Like, it could be something stupid, or it could be, you know, Boba Fett, for Christ's sakes. I would like to see more of, like, the established bounty hunters. Like, it would, like I said, putting, you know, putting my imagination to screen will always, like, win you points. So, like, yeah, if it's, you know, Far- Forlom and Zuckus or Bosk show up or Dangar or whoever, like, uh, that would be, like, nice. Like, I, what I do want them to stay away from is, like, Jedi, I think. Like, I, I don't, like, you know, the Darksaber is fine, but I don't want to see any straight up, like, here's another surviving Jedi. Like, oh, God, like, here we go. Like, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think I think the they've done a very good job of having the Jedi exist. Like, you know, like, the, the, the Forger, like, mentions, like, you know, they were the Jedi. But she also was like, they were sorcerers, you know, and I'm like, yeah! Cool. That's something that's always been, like, weird, and you just gotta accept it. Like, it only took 20 years for the Jedi to, like, fade into legend, basically. Like, you just kinda gotta ignore that, I guess, but... And, um, I know some teenagers who I work, who work for me, and they they don't know who Nickelback is. So, I mean... only took 20 years for Nickelback to fade into <laughs> legend, Michael. And, you know, there's, like, shit like the fucking dodo bird and shit. Does anybody know what a fucking dodo bird is anymore? Like, but, I, I mean, know, but, like, you know, it's like... I don't know. You, you'd say that, but then it's like you've got guys like Mayfield, who was, like, an ex-imperial, 
And it's like, you know, if you asked him, like, well, clearly he's had to have, like, either seen or fought Jedi, so. Yeah, maybe I not, mean, though. I mean, like, you gotta remember, like, during the time of the original trilogy, there was only one fucking Jedi. Luke didn't fight the whole Empire. He was in a couple of battles. And, like, there there was probably, like, you know, like, like murmurs and stuff, like, dude had, like, a laser sword. And I'm sure there was plenty of guys who were like, bullshit, you know? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, that's... The, this show takes place, what, like they said, five years after Return of the Jedi? So that means that's 25 yeah. years after the prequels. So, I mean, and, you know, Bill Burr's, like, not a young guy. So, I mean, clearly he would have grown up in the time of, like, the old Republic, like, before the Empire. So. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, but, I don't know. I mean, it, it, what you're saying is not impossible. I'm not saying, like, you know, you're wrong. I'm just saying, like... You know, like, supposedly, like, supposedly, I'm going with that word, like, the Empire did a really thorough job of trying to erase the Jedi's existence, and, like, if Bill Burr was, like, 10 years old and the Jedi were, like, a big deal, he could have heard about these crazy monks who live in a big-ass tower, and one of them looks like a Q-tip with a head on top of it and shit like that, and been like, okay, Maybe Jedi are real. And then by the time he's twenty, he's like, "No, the Empire said they made that shit up." You know? I like, I accept it, but it's just, I don't know. When I see things like Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi being like celebrated by the public for being like famous generals in the Clone Wars and stuff, like, and it, like it, like on, like you know, the Clone Wars cartoon used to have like that whole intro where it was like, you know, whoa, like the Clone Wars are raging on, like it was like a friggin' you know, newspaper, like, uh, like thing. So yeah, clearly yeah, that was like yeah. broadcast all over the galaxy, but like, you know, and then, then, like I said, it took like 20 years for, and there's gotta be still people who are like, you know, that old left in the galaxy, but you know, like I said, I accept it. It's just always seemed a, a bit of a stretch to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, 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 I think I'm just more allowing, it to 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 be like uh, the thing you know it's like okay yeah Jedi don't exist anymore as far as everybody knows I, yeah I, I'll, I'll, well yeah well and then you you gotta you gotta say like well who's it coming it's not like bill bears the one calling them fucking sorcerers right like it's 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 people that are much younger than him saying that right so. that's true yeah well, like, I don't know, like, uh, see, I'm trying to argue against this, but like, like, you know, accept it. But like, you know, the, the forger Mandalorian, whatever, she was kind of like, like, oh, they say like they're Jedis and they're old sorcerers and stuff. And I was like, I don't know, like, she's supposed to be like, I, I would assume she's old and wise, like, sort of. So like, she should have known what they, who and what they were. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you know, but I mean, the way she talked about him also too though was like like in in school when like the teacher tells you about Zeus and then the Greek god, you know, it's like you know, it was like, you know, the 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 great god Zeus, you know, struck down this mortal and like Hercules came in to save him, you know, it's like almost legendary is like Mandalore, like probably really didn't <laughs> exist. We have yeah, we have facts he did, but like to like the Mandalorian culture, you know, is like he is probably de- deified, you know, he was like, he's more impressive I, than he was, you know. I, I just think the problem is Lucas deciding to set the prequel trilogy 20 years before the original trilogy, because 
like you know you kind of feel like like alec guinness when like leia says like you know oh obi-wan you served my father in the clone wars or whatever and like taking into account how old like alec guinness was you figure that must have been like 50 years ago or something but i think it like the official number is like 20 or 25 years ago yeah i mean yeah i mean don't get me wrong uh like when i first watched the prequels especially like the the revenge of the sith and everything and like the the time frame i thought it did seem weird because like anakin is maybe like 25 at the oldest at the end of that uh movie and you know he gets darth vaderized so i'm like so in the beginning of a new hope he's like 45 and he's like when he's you know sebastian shaw for like 10 seconds i'm like well he looks like he's almost 70 yeah i don't know like the time the time frame is all screwy like even like i don't know i can can go crazy thinking about it and like even in the new trilogy where it's like like 40 what is the official number 40 years 50 years that takes place like after return of the jedi and i'm like you're still you're still using x-wings and tie fighters like yeah um yeah like yeah the uh i think i think uh they say 30 years. I think it's 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Well, what yeah, yeah. That, that kind of like, like, from A New Hope to, like, Return of the Jedi, it's like, yeah, we still have X-Wings and Y-Wings, but in, like, Return of the Jedi, we have B-Wings and A-Wings. Like, they're constantly making new shit. And I'm like, so in 30 years, we're still going to go back to that? Yeah. Well, we're, we're probably going off topic, and I'm being pedant, but, like, it's always something that bothered Like, the Star Wars timeline has always kind of bothered me like that, but... I don't know. I think back, Mike, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Let's just say we're both wrong. There you go. And move on. <laughs> the very fact that I don't hate it seems like, you know, like it's key selling point. Like, and I, in fact, even like it quite a lot. So. Yeah, it, it is. It's like, I, I think, like, you know, I don't know if Derek will echo this because I, I think this is something me and him probably would agree on. It, it is nice to look forward to Star Wars again. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's not like, like you said, it's not like, you know, super excited, like, you know, I'm like ready to just like tell everyone how great it is and like, fuck you if you hate it. But it's just like, dude, I watched a cool Star Wars thing today and that hasn't happened in a long time. It's like, <laughs> my favorite was the the meme, you know, it's like the Dave Chappelle thing. It's like, y'all got any more than Mandalorians? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the that's the next Star Wars thing I'm looking forward to is the Mandalorian season two. So I mean I guess there's no higher praise than that. I I, I will say because of how well this was done and the fact that like two of the better episodes were directed by uh, Deborah Chow, and she's apparently like the the person who is pretty much in control of Obi Wan. I have hope for Obi Wan, but I, I I still have enough vitriol or ill will towards like what Disney is doing that I'm like cautious, but the Mandalorian has given me like, Hey, give me some hope. Give me a new hope for, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But no, as far as like realistically, yes, I, I, I really hope 
not hope, but I really am looking forward to season two. Well, yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to Obi Wan too, but I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to both of those more than like any kind of like you know Cassian Andor show or whatever. Cassian Andor, oh boy. Oh, and, and just to be a dick because like we were talking about how good Clone Wars and and Rebels could be, and like how we enjoyed a lot of it. Fuck Resistance. That is a terrible cartoon. Cassian Andor. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> In 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived. And nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars Story. Monthly at MyStarWarsStory.com Universal Century 0079. Mankind lives among the heavens in colonies called Sides. But Side 3 has a dark secret. Take your sorrow and turn it into anger. The Principality of Zeon has declared war on the Earth Federation. Zeon's thirst for the strength of its people. Mankind will be caught in a conflict that rages from the Earth to the stars. Can the man now say goodbye. The future depends on a ship called White Base and its secret weapon, a homeless boy with powers beyond comprehension. Those lightning reflexes, it's like he sees the future. His name, Amaro Ray. His weapon, Gundam. of orphans and rejects will change the face of history or die Tangents Abound presents a Two True Freaks production White Base Chronicles a Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin Manga Summary and Commentary Featuring your host, Aaron Henley Ray John Gundam Now available on 2TrueFreaks.com Hey guys, this is Derek, Derek WC And this is going to be a special bonus segment of our Fan Holes episode About the Mandalorian, the Disney Plus series and since our schedules did not mesh the previous time, I'm joined by a special guest from Tangents Abound, White Base Chronicles. We've got Aaron Henley on the other line because he too cannot get enough of the Mandalorian. So we're here to talk some some Mandalorian and everything. But I, Hello. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. So welcome, <laughs> welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's you know I've been listening to fan holes for a long time. I've been active on the Facebook a little group a bit but you know i just want to thank you guys real quick for helping rekindle my love of transformers and uh gundam so i just i've always wanted to thank you for that so 
I'm on the record for that. Cool. Yeah. No, that's great. That's awesome. I'm 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 happy we could rekindle some some passion for you. I know sometimes sometimes it's hard to get that that spark going again. And I know we were talking on the 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 Facebooks, you know, about about the Mandalorian, and you had mentioned, you know, you like if you guys ever talk about it, you know, like. Like, let me know, because I, I want to talk about it, too. So that's why I didn't... I sort of tucked that away in the back of my brain somewhere and was like, oh, yeah, we're going to... We, it, it's funny, This I think this started out where we were just going to talk about, like, awesome things and stuff. So I prepped, mm -hmm. like, some other things, and I figured one of the awesome things would be the Mandalorian. But eventually, I think it just became so all-encompassing, it just became all about the Mandalorian so because I think you know mo most of us were, were pretty into it and everything and I guess I guess we, we were having some previous off-air conversation but the, the I think the the gist of that that I was gonna relate to you was when when this first came on I wasn't exactly sure how I was gonna feel about it I mean I, mm -hmm. I, I think at this point I'm, I'm you know there, there were some things I got excited about in in Star Wars, I remember getting really excited when Darth Vader showed up on Rebels, you know, like things like that. Like, you <laughs> oh, know, see, oh, that that season premiere when he lifts the burning Walker wreckage off right, him. Right. <laughs> so, so, so I was. I, I remember. I still had some of the Star Wars, you know, the feels. But, but I'd say overall, though, like with a lot of the new stuff, I've been either fairly lukewarm or, or maybe I didn't care for it at all. So I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to receive. The Mandalorian. I had heard about it. I I remember when they had those grainy, you know, like people took like you know, cell phone videos of of IG Eleven, you know, shooting up stuff and everything. And I was kind of like, hmm, that looks pretty cool. Like, and you know, I wonder how they pulled that off since all that was CG. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> so I, I was just kind of like, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, like, I hope you know that that uh that this is going to be something i dig and i i think it did definitely turn into something that i i i definitely looked forward to watching it and and the funny part is like you know you'll go into like you know and it seems to be like this show that's they, they talk about how it's like either family friendly or or maybe universally accepted you know because i, I feel like you know you can talk to your your folks about it you can talk to other kids about it you yeah. can talk to like yeah. co-workers about it it seemed like everybody kind of kind of got into it just a that, little bit, you know? That that was one of the best things about The Mandalorian was it it's a Star Wars show, but you don't have to have the Star Wars baggage that comes with it. You know, even if the animated series, Clone Wars, Rebels, and I, to be honest, don't really dig Resistance, but that's just me, you know, you'd have to watch the movies to kind of get an idea of what all this stuff's going on and you'd have to follow the series and you know there's a lot of concepts thrown out at you with the mandalorian it's a pretty short simple story that is really just a western but with laser guns instead of six shooters yeah um it's accessible to anybody because you get what the characters are you get their motivations you find out you, you understand why they're doing what they're doing, and you don't have to know, oh, this character is related to this person, or this person can use the Force, I mean, what the Force is. You know, there's only one mention of Jedi in this entire first season, and that's in the last episode. So, again, you know, I you can show it to anyone, and they'll understand the story. And that's that's something I think Star Wars kind of got away from quite a bit, but now it seemed to have been 
I don't know how to say course corrected because that, that sounds like something went wrong somewhere, but it just seemed to generate a lot more interest from the non-Star Wars fans than some of the other more recent material had. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I think that's what I mean by, you know, that it, it seemed to be universally accepted. And I, I think the themes of that, like you said, it's it's it goes back to, you know, I think people have said also, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, reinventing the wheel or anything, but I, I think mm-hmm. people had mentioned that, you know, th- this this goes back to the original Star Wars, and when they say original Star Wars, they mean, like, Lucas mm-hmm. taking, you know, heroic journeys and themes and, and, and taking things that are familiar to people like Westerns, but dressing it up kind of like, you know, a, a space opera. And if you go even deeper than that, you know, to me, like what I've been telling everybody and, and, and what a lot of people have keyed in on is, you know, the whole, you know, Eastern aspect of it, the, the, the you know, the Ronin, you know, the masterless samurai, mm-hmm. you know, the lone wolf and cub because he's got, yep. he's got the, the baby and the cart and, you know, okay, so it's a space cart, but it's still, it's a baby and a cart, yeah. you know, and, and they're, they're going and out. And you worry and about the baby. You, you worry about the baby, you, you know, and, 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 and the baby kind of, you know, kicks ass, right? Like it takes care of itself and it's got the little spikes on the wheels and, and, and this, this child too, you know, you know, it doesn't have the little spikes on the wheels, but it, it, it has its own ways of of looking out for itself and everything so you're kind of on board with that and 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 it's got that whole aspect of you know the, the there are assassins there's peril at every turn in the road you know figuratively you know whether they're in space or you know if it's the you know the japanese kind of scenario you know literal roads and stuff like that but you know all, all that kind of stuff i think makes it you know pretty pretty easy for for a wide audience to sort of accept and relate to it and and that doesn't mean that that it i I think the other thing that it has going for it is it it kind of it i i think you mentioned you know it it doesn't it doesn't i guess neglect people that are not really into the lore and the mythos but Mm -hmm. it it also has things for those people as well i think you know there's 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 nods and references and things like that and they've you know it's like but i I think it's kind of cleverly done it's like it's like i i think you know some of my buddies you know they don't know anything about the dark saber and 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 you know rebels and clone wars and all that other stuff but then there's other people that are like holy crap that's the dark saber you know so it's like it it, kind of works on both levels like some people it's just like hey what's that all about and to some other people it's like dude it's like the end of you know avengers or infinity war because we all know what thanos is and the infinity gauntlet is and we we you know we nerd the fuck out and 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 get all happy and go oh boy this is going to kick so much ass and and that's kind of how you know, to me, that that's that's representative of that dark saber thing. But meanwhile, I think to the layman, maybe that just generates some sort of excitement and buzz where they're like, "What? What is that? What's that yeah. all about? Why are these people next to me getting so excited? Like, what's you know, what, what's, what's going next? on? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So because lightsabers can be black. What what's going on? You know. Right. Right. I, why does this guy have that? Does does everybody have it? But then, you know, if they start talking to their friends and you kind of get this backstory that, no, this is really tied to, you know, Mandalorian culture. And, and you know, this is like, because I spent, you know, 10 minutes talking about this to my folks because we had a little Mandalorian marathon over the last weekend. And I said, look, this pretty much is like whoever owns this saber is the ruler of Mandalore by tradition there's there's history to this thing so for this guy to have it 
a lot of bad things happened. Right, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, he, essentially, he's part of the occupying army, right? And that's the spoils of war. You know, that's kind of yep. that's kind of what I took from it. At any rate, yeah, he killed know. Starbuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's funny is they they said I was reading something. So we're on a podcast. We're nerding out. I, oh, yeah. I read I read something that that Katie Sackhoff let it slip that she was gonna somehow show up on the second season or something. So maybe maybe may, maybe he didn't kill Starbuck or maybe Starbuck is you know on her deathbed and she she makes a comeback or whatever. You know, like something like that, right? Like that she could be, be that could be pretty cool. Or it could be a flashback. We or yeah, or yeah, yeah. You're, or you're absolutely it, right. It could be it could be, a flashback. be it could yeah. be anything. But that's the cool thing is, we're just uh, the best way I can put this is, this is going to be a heck of a ride. The show itself completely blew away any of my original expectations. I'll be honest. I'm not that big a Boba Fett fan. I I think he's kind of overhyped for what he did. He just had the really cool looking armor, you know. It's like he he got yeah yeah they they made a big deal about a guy that got knocked into the Sarlacc pit, but it's like By a blind guy. But 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 I mean I, I I remember being part of that Boba Fett hype. I mean I think I think for me the the part of that was you know when I read like the Marvel comics sixty eight where yeah. you went into yeah. like their version of the you know the Clone Wars and 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 how you know they had you know it was like Fen Shaisha and all those other guys and yeah, you got that, all that... excited about you're like oh here's yeah. something I can there's some kind of backstory that I can glom onto and and, oh. and it sort of and, expanded your mind at the time so I remember and, that was. And those old tops, you know, galaxy trading cards mm, where they, mm. where they'd have there was there was this one card I had, I, I only was able to buy like maybe one or two packs, but I had this one card, and it had Boba Fett without his helmet, and it, it he looked kind of elven like, like he had pointy, almost to a you know sharp point pointed ears, but I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, because <laughs> he's holding a smoking gun, he's standing on top of a you know, a, a body, and he's, you know, he's got his, like, cape thing billowing in the wind. I'm like, this is awesome. And that that's the Boba Fett. But when it came to Mandalorian, I I didn't really follow the internet or, you know, reports, because I, I just wanted to try to see if I, I, I... I've been of the opinion to just, especially since Last Jedi, just to stay off the internet when it comes to... Star Wars because I got tired of all the toxic fandom ruining my enjoyment. So I, I knew nothing about the series. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm really digging this. You know, his very first line is iconic. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I can bring you in cold or I can bring you in warm. <laughs> and that just was like, Oh, yeah, because, you know, that's even after we just saw him, you know, tear a whole bar room apart and, you know, stab a guy in the back with his own knife. So he's established his street cred, and then you get that line, and I'm like, okay. And then the rest of the episode is awesome. Rest in peace, Quill. You you are one of our favorites. You deserve a, a, a T-shirt with the – on your tombstone will be I have spoken. <laughs> but then when we see Baby Yoda – I my jaw just unhinged and fell to the floor. I I was up off my chair screaming, "No! How, 
what what the hell what the what the what the oh, oh, oh. I, I almost had a panic attack because I'm like I okay uh, let's go because one I, I was having trouble believing that they had permission from Lucas to you know even include a baby version of an iconic character let alone possibly going into the backstory of Yoda's race but then I was like, wait, no, he doesn't own it anymore. They're they're okay to do this. Yeah, yeah. But but um Did you did you see that that I guess they were shooting season two and they tweeted the oh, photo yeah. of of Lucas holding the child? Like I was like I, I was oh, like, Oh that's that's pretty cool. Like, look at the proud grandpapa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then I find out just how much that little puppet cost. Yeah. Five million dollars. But, you know, and, and to put that into perspective, I read or heard somewhere that each episode only had a $10 million budget. So when you put that into perspective, it makes it even more precious. That's that that's why they had to get the uh, 501st Legion to do all the cosplay in that, in that oh, yeah. uh, Imperial episode. <laughs> yeah, make up the that, difference. That, that was still... That, that, I mean... You could tell, I think, when the 501st guys showed up because, you know, all the other troopers were all those dingy, dirty ones. And right, right. The and these, these, first with the these, pristine these, white yeah, armor out of the train. They were board. clean, right? Well, I mean, I, and I think, you know, it's funny because people, you know, like us, we've got conversations about, like, you know, oh, the other guys were, were dirty and on the out, outer rim or whatever, but these guys are all cleaned up. And it's like, to, to me, I was like, well, you know, there's there's probably still some remnants even five years later where, you know, if, if you're if you're part of that that group, you're still spick and span and you actually have to, you know, clean the bed sheets and, 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 oh, yeah. and look good as opposed to these guys on the outer rim that just, you know, don't have Didn't to care. bother with any of that. Yeah. And still, it, uh, you know, in the pilot when we see the uh, various Mandalorians, you know, in their little enclave, just the extras, the background characters, I'm just sitting there thinking, I wonder how many of those are just 501st members who just, you know, came with their custom costumes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is so cool that we live in a time when we can do that, when, when you know, TV producers and shows with, you know, can call up the fans and say, hey, we need a couple background extras. Can you, do you, can you bring us some guys in costumes? And I guarantee you, when they got, whoever was at the local chapter got that phone call, he probably had to be, <laughs> he probably had to be resuscitated because he's like, Guys, we got a gig. <laughs> and they're like, oh, a children's hospital? No, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, uh, what? You, yeah, Star Wars. That's what we do. No, no, we're going to be in Star Wars. All of a sudden, it's, it's you know, the Ewok village, everyone dancing, <laughs> and fireworks going off. <laughs> All those hours wearing diving suits finally paid off. Yeah. But uh, it it was just, and there and there were good episodes, great episodes. About the only weakest episode I felt was episode five, the the gunslinger one. Okay, so that's where Run they get on the they get on speeder bike and and, yeah. and go after um, 
Agent May from from you know Chun Li. Yeah. We go after her and everything. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I I've 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 heard that cited as as one of the weaker episodes. And you, you know something I didn't get a chance to talk about because I don't think I really paid too much attention to it. But like that episode, I, w- I was watching a Bobby Skullface video because he's like super into all this Star Wars stuff these days, and and he pointed out that. Dave Filoni not only directed that episode, but mm-hmm. he he was the one who who wrote the episode. So right. and and then and then of course then 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 you go on to think well, if you know he's you know like it, it's like well, you know to me I'm kind of like there were there were certainly episodes of Clone Wars that I didn't think were great you know and there mm-hmm. there were certainly episodes of Clone Wars where I thought they were really banging you know like and but oh, yeah. did, did I, I I don't know that I. I went into the minutia of who wrote what and who directed what and all that other stuff at the point. I just kind of went, oh, I, you know, I like the episodes where, I don't know, Anakin was on the the, the Dyson Sphere and they fought mm-hmm. and this and that and the other thing. But then, you know, the episodes where they all did politics or whatever, I was like, oh, that was kind of a snooze fest, you know, or whatever. Like, I just kind of looked at it that way. But, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe some of those, you know, have certain creators attributed to them and, and could give you clues into you know yeah. which episodes you'd like more than and, others and by weakest I, I don't mean the episode was bad right 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 uh, just... what what it's just because i mean dave filoni put a lot of fan service into that especially the moss Eisley scenes because you're like those are shots straight out of star wars yeah and you kind of got an idea of just how much tatooine had kind of fallen by the wayside now that jabba was gone so there wasn't you know that criminal enterprise just helping keep the keep the planet going. What made me the most mad was the fact that Agent May, you know, an actress of her caliber, died in within ten minutes. <laughs> so, so that's that's what rubbed me because I was like, why did you waste her? Mm. You know, you, you had this cool sniper lady, Can... and you and you wasted her. But knowing Filoni. I I know that this is their setup. I mean, we saw a guy with you know jangly spurs or something walk over her body at the end of the episode, so that was kind of a little tease. And you know, I I have learned to not write off a quote filler episode in a Filoni show because back in Rebels in season one, you know, there was that episode in the first season where you just have Ezra and Zeb, you know. Kind of go steal a TIE fighter, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that that, that was kind of just a eh episode. But then the TIE fighter comes back in the season finale, and you're like, oh, that was set up for this. Yeah. So I'm really fascinated to see what the setup is coming for season two relating to that. Whether or not it pans out, or if it does, I don't know, but I they have earned so much cred with me, especially with Mandalorian, that I'm just I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's true for me as well. I, I thought it might be interesting to discuss since you mentioned that, you know, you thought, you know, if, if Agent May is in fact that that was her one and only appearance, right? Like that, that that was something that, you know, may have been wasted. Whereas I think 
the the counterpoint to that is the very next episode, which again mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time, but that was written by Christopher Yost, who I actually I mean I really like. Like you know a lot of his credits, I look at things like you know Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and you oh know, he did EMH yeah yeah so like he worked on oh stuff, rest in peace stuff, I love I love that show he, he did stuff like that like some of the the comics I've seen he's worked on I was like I I had good vibes about. You know, when I saw his name attached to a project, other people, you know, see his name attached to like Thor: The Dark World, and they all like throw tomatoes at me or something like that, right? But like, like so, you know, that that can be, you know, you know, hit or miss depending on what you're mm-hmm. pointing to and and what what credits they have under their belt. And and I think a lot of people pointed to that episode as a good like done in one thing or or like oh, yeah. great that it was just kind of a a prison set and they they did their thing and everything. But I guess what I point to is the the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is like I guess kind of like what you were saying. You thought that maybe Agent May was wasted. It seems like all the characters in this they didn't want to quote unquote waste. So to me, they all mm-hmm. ended up in prison by the end of it. And I kind of went. Well, dude, bro, that's a mistake, man. Like, like I was like, you shouldn't leave those guys alive. Like, like I was like, I was like, if it was me, I would have, you know, killed them all. And yeah. to be honest, like at the end of it, when he was like creeping up on them, kind of, you know, horror oh, movie style, Batman. you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and and the lights went out and everything, I figured, oh, well, he's he's taking them out one by one. Like, exactly. like, like that's I, what that's I, what I, I thought. thought. And when they cut back to the jail cell, I kind of went, what? Like, you know, like what, what, like, but. Well, and 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 you you kind of weigh that it's like oh well they, they like like you were saying they're not quote unquote wasting them they can always they can always bring back Clancy Brown to to pull another you know space Russian or whatever like that's what that reminded me of that you know when the Punisher fights the Russian in in oh, the Garth yeah. Ennis thing it's like he was like he was like the space Russian or something because he's like you're sitting there that moment where he like it's like he he punches him he blasts him he does all this other stuff and then i think the moment for me was when he he pulled out his his flamethrower and lit him on fire and fire. then it still didn't and do he anything just he just shrugged it off and i was like oh fuck what are you gonna do now dude like you know and i i, I still don't i still don't even know i don't even understand how he defeated him too because it's like the the one door closed on him and he held it and then what and then right. the other door closed i don't know i don't i i some of that stuff was confusing to me. I, I, I thought, oh, oh, he, he smashed. Oh, he smashed real good. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just went, somehow I, he... I just went, I'm not going to worry about it. But, yeah, I think the whole reason they, quote unquote, left them alive. And, you know, we kind of saw the old bearded guy, you know, who, their boss kind of run off as soon as he realized what was going on. I think it, they, this is all set up for, you know, season two because, hey, we need some sort of recurring villain, recurring threat. Yeah. Because yeah. we can't have him fight Moff Gideon every episode. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Moff Gideon loses his his threat. You know, it, it's kind of like the General Grievous yeah. Count Dooku syndrome from Clone Wars because you can't have your, you know, big bads consistently lose and still consider them any kind of a threat. Yeah, I mean that that was always, you know, that was always my issue with like say the Turtles cartoon. It's like Shredder and Krang would lose all the time and you'd be like, well if that if that plan worked almost, if you almost had the Turtles that one time, maybe you Why should, don't you do it again? Yeah, why you maybe you should try it again cuz maybe this time they won't have that lucky break at the end or whatever it was. And and oh, like I, I mean what what <laughs> Why can't you just kill 
we tried this. We tried these pizza aliens. We tried that. Why didn't you just keep making more of these pizza aliens? You almost killed them the first time. Send more and add some mousers. That'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, the, 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 but I mean, you bring up a good point because I think I think that's some of the tricks they they or some of the perils they found in I think rebels and then by the time they got to darth vader they knew better you know like like it, yeah because it's like i think all those inquisitors after a while you're just like all right like who cares about these guys because they they always get their butts beat you know but then it's like by the time darth vader shows up then they're like well we can't have you know darth vader show up and lose every episode you know like, no, so I'm... it was and and, and they, i i think they they handled that you know appropriately you know yep. so 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 and i think that, that... And they paid all that off, you know, with the Ahsoka relationship. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that 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 was really more. Even though Vader showed up to fight the rebels, it was still more Vader Ahsoka's story than yeah, it was yeah. Vader against the rebels. Story. Right, right, yeah, and that that all that all definitely paid off. And and I think what you're saying is true. Like for for Moff Gideon, right? Like they don't right. they don't need to have him show up all the time. But but and and again, I think I think the fact that he has the dark saber. You know, and that presumably he was the the man in charge when Mandalore fell. Like that, that will make their story personal. You know. Oh like, yeah, like, I I know we're going to be seeing more Mandalorian stuff in season two. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you oh. think about the whole like like now now it it seems like with the advent of this television show, and 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 given that you know you kind of expressed the feelings that you thought you know. Boba Fett was kind of overrated and everything. Like, like, how do you feel about the the notion that the, the, I think now what's going around is kind of like, oh well, I guess I guess Django and 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 Boba are kind of like fake Mandalorians or like that. That I, I've uh, sort of heard that. Yeah, no, that's about. that's what I've heard too. Is and and I guess Lucas himself said in an interview that they aren't true mandalorians either so i think that's where all that came from but mm. i'm not a hundred percent certain on that to me it doesn't really bug me if they are or not i mean not everyone is the best there is at what they do and even our hero matt din or, Mando, or whatever you want to call him he screws up a lot <laughs> Yeah, you, you know it's funny. I, he it's... got taken out by a dozen Jawas, right, right, with, with with their stun guns, and but that's that's what I liked about it was mm -hmm. if you had, I mean, even with with the Jedi, you you and you kind of had the not very much can take these guys out, you know, whether it was Rebels or Clone Wars. I mean, we yes, he's a with Mando, we see he's a very highly trained soldier, mercenary, whatever you... I, I'm not sure what the technical term is, but, you know, he's skilled. But he's not invulnerable. And, and you know, even though as the show progressed and he got his, you know, Beskar armor, which, you know, is more protection and stronger, just because it had a harder shell doesn't mean he was still invulnerable now. You know, when, when that uh, E-Web power generator blew up... Yes, he survived the explosion and the fire, but the shockwave and the impact mm. almost killed him. Yeah, yeah. So he was still, so he may have had a hard shell, but he's still uh, gooey inside. 
that's what I liked was there were stakes to to the Mandalorian. You know, things could potentially kill him that would a, a Jedi would just go. This this is Tuesday. You know, the episode, the Seven Samurai episode, when they're taking on the ATST, it helped bring back the to me the threat of you know what this twenty thirty foot machine should be as a be considered you know in return of the jedi you know it's being tripped up it's being smashed by these rocks and logs and these little teddy bears so you're like oh okay i guess they're not really much of a threat but in that episode no you know cara dune this rebel commando has seen this thing take out entire squads of troopers with you know single with just you know one unit and it you know they're just two guys and a bunch of farmers with pointy sticks and some of them don't even know how to use the right end of that i i I hated that scene don't tell me you were that (laughs) stupid to not even hold the pointy end out and and you're and you're the guy who killed this their leader because it was hard to tell but it was the i called him the pirate guy because he he had like the bandana and the trench coat and it was obvious he was the one in charge and these two idiots who can't even hold the pointy end the right way are the ones who took him out but it it helped take us back to i'm gonna hate saying this because we're talking about a space fantasy but to a more grounded level where you know if we looked at Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, if they, you know, they, they just look at a walker or, uh, you know, a bunch of battle droids and just go, oh, this is, you know, this is just Tuesday. This is a cakewalk. But for regular guys, no, this is a legitimate threat. This is, you know, <laughs> this is going to, this is the rebel troopers in the hallway with Vader coming at them moment. Right, right, right. And, and, they... and that's what I loved. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. I mean, the, 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 the obstacles that the Mandalorian has to face are usually beyond his capacity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's one of those things, I think it's funny you mentioned, you know, I'm the best there is at what I do, you know, and what I do isn't pretty, because, you know, the, 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 this is, this is Wolverine before his fan aura got out of control. Exactly. You know, like that, that's, you know, it's, it's, it, Wolverine got his ass kicked left and right all the time, but people still loved him, oh, you know? Yeah. And it, it's well, like, and I, I, I feel I, like I, when, when, well, when he was getting knocked around by that one, you know, rhino beast or whatever in the oh, mud, yeah. I mean, Ooh. I mean, it was perfect. Cause, cause it's like, you know, he, he thinks he's going to be able to handle this, but it's like that clearly, like he's he's getting his ass beat, you know, and thrown yeah, around and, and everything. And then he pulls the knife out of his boot, and he's just, you know, he's concussed. He's he, he's wobbly, and he's like, "I am going down, but I'm I'm not going out like a punk, you know. Right, I, I'm going right, to die right. to this thing, but I'm not going to, you know, go quietly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and yeah, speaking of Wolverine fan or. I, I like reading my comic book legends and stuff. Yeah, Jim Shooter way back when said, "Yeah, we can't have Wolverine get shot because a bullet would kill him." Right. <laughs> One bullet would kill Wolverine. <laughs> uh, how many nuclear explosions has he survived since? Right, right. The, the good old days when they when 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 a wooden uh, what do they call it kendo stick could could kill Wolverine, you know, like back in the day. Yeah, now he's just God. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think that's probably like you're discontent with, with Boba Fett too, because they have all these, you know, expanded universe things where Boba Fett's like the greatest thing ever, and you still, meanwhile, pointing back to like, well, I don't know if he was that great when he fell in the starlight bit, you know? Well, so. not even that. I mean, every, like, when when they brought him back in Clone Wars, he continually failed at everything he set out to do. Mm. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure this guy, this kid's as good as we all think he is. <laughs> <laughs> but they they just you you got characters' motivations like you know Kara's. You're like, well, okay, sh- so she's got a mat on for killing Imperials, okay, because you know. Mando comes to ask for her help, and she she's like, you know, I'm I'm good, I'm I'm happy here on this planet, out in the middle of nowhere, and he goes, well, we're not going up against a warlord, we're going up against an imperial, I'm in, <laughs> and then you find out from Alf Gideon, she's from Alderaan, so of course it makes sense why she would have a mad on to kill every right. imperial you could, right? Yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, you know, this may be me repeating myself, but. I, I was surprised. I, I was prepared to to not like Cara Dune at all, and and I was shocked that I thought she was she was a well written character. I I found her, you know, endearing, and mm-hmm. I liked her as part of the crew. So I mean, oh, I, I yeah. think kudos kudos to that as well because there, you know, to me again, it's the same thing with the series in general. My my apprehensions with just a Disney Plus Star Wars series, period. Uh, were magnified again, you know, because my yeah. my introduction to Cara Dune, I think, was just I was seeing like the Black Series figures, and I'm like, oh, this is their, you know, their their female character, you know, and whatever. Mm. And I was kind of looking and going, oh, okay, well, I, I I hope it's not something. I guess for me, you know, I was kind of just hoping it's not something that I felt was, you know, sort of not earned or forced or whatever. And and I feel like that wasn't even a thing at all. You know, I felt like it was just very naturalistic like you said she's from alderaan she's a shock commando like i thought all that stuff you know worked well and i want the comic book where we see her do a you know a a, a, a an orbit drop <laughs> oh yeah 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 because yeah how do we make her cooler oh we just make her an odst oh okay <laughs> and it, it, it even managed to turn certain star wars tropes on their head like when they're in the bar, and you know they're they're all surrounded, and you know, oh yeah, let, let's go into the sewers. And they come to the grate. How many times have we seen blasters just either chew through a grating, or you know a lightsaber just you know cuts through it like you know butter? And she's got you know the the Gatling bazooka, and it can't even make a dent in this thing. It's funny because they they <laughs> mentioned on the they mentioned that on the red letter media, and then they cut to a shot of like. Leia just blasting the gate open with like one shot. So they were they were like questioning. They're like, why is this gate so goddamn strong? You know, it's like why Plot. why does the gate the gates fan aura like totally increased by like a thousand? You know, we 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 all love that gate. It, it took it took a it took a bounty bounty hunter droid with a plasma torch to cut it. I'm like I'm like, is that gate made of fucking Vespa armor too? Like what? <laughs> well, I think my I I have. I think I can come up with two out of my butt expert reasons for this. One, it, the the gate on the Death Star, it was probably pretty flimsy, you know, it was probably made with lesser materials, and because 
like the Empire actually cares about safety. My guess is it was kind of just like a little hatch or something that they could lift up to, you know, throw stuff down the garbage chute. Mm. And two, she, since she had the Gatling blaster, my guess is the the powers each shot probably wasn't as concentrated or powerful as you know a single shot from a stormtrooper rifle would be, since they're more focused on on you know spraying prey and number of shots hitting a target versus just. A single shot, you know. I'm, I'm just coming up with bull crap <laughs> explanations, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, no, no. Eh, I'm a nerd. Gotta, what gotta, you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Gotta gotta earn that no prize, man. Oh yeah, but uh, and you know, we got to see force powers we never saw before. You know, with with the force healing, right? And I, I will say this: since since you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. There is a very good reason why that episode where that power was revealed didn't... It, the original plan was for it to come out a week after the um, uh, premiere of Skywalker. But instead... Is that... that that's what... If I, I, I haven't seen the movie, but my, my understanding is that's what... The, I'm like spoilers people, yeah. but I, oh, I, I, my on, understanding... Please, you listen to two episodes of us talking about Mandalorian. Spoilers are guaranteed in this. Right, right. But um, my my understanding was, doesn't doesn't Leia use that so he can talk to Han? Or okay. doesn't does anybody like heal Kylo okay. or some such? Okay, or yeah. He, I'll... I'll, I'll... I'll explain that as soon as I... I'll finish my point, then I'll explain that, okay? Okay. Okay. So, the uh, episode was supposed to come out after Rise of Skywalker. Instead, about a couple weeks later, it was announced, no, it's just going to be bumped back a couple days from the release date. And the reason why was because of the Force healing. So... The internet fan trolls couldn't say, "Well, this power just came out of nowhere. Ray is super god. Blah, blah, blah. How could she do all this?" Yeah, yeah. So that it was kind of to counteract that because, oh, hey, a little Yoda type person can do this force healing instinctually, huh? But uh, what what it's used in the movie is during the final lightsaber battle between. Ray and Kylo, Ray stabs him. She wins. But the reason she won was Leia, and this, this this may make you mad, Leia uses the last of her life force to send a message to Kylo to try to bring Ben back. So while he's feeling her death, because we've seen him having a a connection to Leia stronger than Han. You know, he in Last Jedi, he didn't... He wasn't the one who fired at the bridge that sucked around into space. So he... So when he felt her die, that distracted him long enough for Rey to win, but then she somehow... I, I haven't seen it since uh, the premiere date, so I may be a little rusty on this, but she apparently senses his redemption, and she used the Force healing... To heal him. And the way the force healing works, apparently, is a person uses part of their life force to infuse it into the other being to heal them. So, at the end of Skywalker, 
Ray is pretty pretty much dead, and Ben comes up and does the force, the the life force transfer, but it kill but it does kill him to bring her back. So so doing the magic baby hands could kill the baby potentially. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. If if the wound was strong enough, that baby could have died. Hmm. Okay. Now, my guess is. Since he's younger, he could probably transfer more before something fatal would happen. Mm. But considering, you know, we see him just, you know, we we don't know what his limits are. But what we've seen is he is he needs somebody to teach him the force because he is wildly fluctuating between light side and dark side. But, yeah, he does. He does choke a bitch, right? Like he's. he's, he's I, I would call her that to so. her face, not if you wanted to keep breathing. So, yeah, yeah. But he did it not out of anger or hatred. He did that because he didn't understand Mando and Carr were arm wrestling. They were. They were. You know, right, right. playing. He thought she was hurting his quote unquote space dad. dad. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's why he did that. He thought he was protecting him. So yeah. that throws into the question, what exactly constitutes the dark side? You know? It's it's interesting because when, you know, we were, well, you know, maybe we were brainwashed, you know, growing up or whatever. But, you know, it's like when you played all those games and stuff. Oh, yeah. Know, the, 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 force, the force choke was typically something oh, it's always that a dark was attributed side. <laughs> to a dark side thing. I mean, Vader chokes people like you typically, I mean, and, and that, and, and, you know, people can point to, but that, that was supposed to be the whole point of Return of the Jedi is Luke uses the force. Yeah. Choke, yeah. Luke, Everyone forgets Luke's that hand, point. <laughs> but, but Luke, Luke, Luke is kind of, you know, well, I mean, you know, Luke was always supposedly the balance. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that, that, you know, he, 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 he was, he, 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 he was wearing black. He had the black glove. Like there was, there was that aspect where he maybe could harness both powers, you know, or something. I don't know. So I never. Or that last, I, 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 that last shot in the Death Star when Vader's taunting him, and you know he's half in light, half in shadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, he's he's kind of both. So there's, but yeah, it's I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, the 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 um, the the show in general. I mean, I I think. I think people are, as you know, had already mentioned, they only say the word Jedi once, and mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I would imagine they're they're probably hesitant to go down that road, yeah. you know, like, like I, I don't think they want to see, you know, it's not like, you know, next season he's going to, like, you know, the child's going to meet up with Ezra, and Ezra's going to become his Jedi Master or something like that. Oh, like, I'm sure there's fanfic of that already you know, being written. You know, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think that's exactly what's going to no. go down. But you know, like, but, but I mean, you know, may, maybe that can be an ending. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe when it finally ends, you know, and then that way they can go off and do, you know, whatever they want. You know, the, and, the further adventures of the child and, and Ezra or something. And if know, they want to just make a little four foot, you know. Mandalorian with a helmet with pointy ears. Right, I, right. I'm okay with that too. You, you know, it, it, there's so many possibilities that they can go with. Um, that's do you do you, oh. do you do you, uh, do you agree with the fan theory that the the child is a clone? I can see where that's possible, especially since of that scientist guy, because. Mm-hmm. 
he's the only one who had who specifically wanted the baby kept safe. Every other bounty hunter was it was terminate on sight. The 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 uh, client guy said, "I don't care if he's alive or dead. You just get less, you know, less money." So if he is a clone, I can see how that, especially if the t- considering his age, the timeline sort of syncs up a little bit because it would probably be right around while the Kaminoans were building the clone army. If if my math's right, because if if we're assuming he's fifty, we're just assuming he's fifty because of well this this tracker chip is 50 years old we don't know the kid's actual age we all assume he's a 50 year old baby mm. and you know mando says that but you know there, there's a lot of mystery around around this kid because we never found found out why he was where he was that mando rescued him from you know why he was under such heavy guard that the empire was going through these underworld channels to even get him instead of just sending a star destroyer after him, you know? Right, right. Um, sure, they could. Yeah. Sure, they couldn't. They said, "Well, you know, we can't find him. We only have half this tracker code or whatever." So apparently, Big Brother really is a huge thing in the Star Wars universe, as everyone knows exactly where you are. Even as weak a state as the Empire's in at that time, you know, they could still send out some sort of. You know, once they found out his location from Mando, they could have just dropped a Star Destroyer on on the planet. So, back to the original point, if he is a clone, I can see it, but I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping he's just a child of Yoda's race. And and Hmm. because I would love to have the story end with him either on... Yoda's race's homeworld, or he finds a village of his people, so we can get a little bit more backstory on this race. You know, if it yeah, if it's yeah. a clone, it kind of cuts off all that possibility. In a way, you, you could still do it because then he became becomes adopted into the into this you know race structure if it exists, or or you know he could be the last of his kind. Mm. I honestly don't know where i stand but I, i'm i'm leaning more towards i just want him to be his own character and not connected yeah, to yeah. yoda no 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 it makes sense what you're saying you you feel like there's more story possibility if if he is not a clone like if he is just you know a member of that species and that you 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 want to explore that to the the nth degree exactly like you 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 have a lot of curiosity and passion about it, and that you know that that it, it, I see what you're saying. If if it is indeed a clone, that does that that could potentially limit the the nature of how much you could explore that concept. So I I, I get what you're saying. And you know, there's even been some fan theories as to the kid is smarter than he's letting on. The scenes of him, you know, poking his head down, you know, when Kara and Mando were talking about going back to Navarro and then you know he's messing with the 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 controls of the ship you know throwing them all out of whack a lot of people think no he was trying to tell them don't go this is dangerous I don't want to you know risk you guys getting hurt so you know we we all assume because he looks like a baby he is a baby we we don't we haven't gotten any real definitive proof as to his 
mental capacity is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, I mean, Yoda acted like a moron when Luke first met him, so I mean, that's not that's not without canon precedent, right? right? I mean, he could be he could be totally faking the baby cuteness, yep. you know. The, the whole, I, I, the whole ever trip, since right? it was revealed in the prequels that you know R two and Yoda, you know, knew each, excuse me, knew each other to some degree. That whenever R two's in the swamp and watching Yoda, and he's just going beat in his head, you know, his head's shaking back and forth, and he's just going. Beep, beep, beep. I think he's just going, oh, God, our only hope has gone insane. He's gone senile. How do I tell the, How do I nice. tell my master this? <laughs> There's just a lot of possibility out there. And, and that's something I look, I'm most excited for because it, it traces back, actually, for me, for Rebels, as, to me, the more superior show over Clone Wars simply because with Clone Wars, we knew where all the characters had to be at the end of the show. You, you, mm, it's got the Superboy syndrome, but you like you like the open-ended yeah, stuff you where you're, you're like, oh, this is the future. Like, we don't, we don't know where this has or to you be. Have, well, that, but more along the lines of characters, we, anything can happen to them. Because, like, right. in Clone Wars, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, they all, all had to end up at certain points. Because of episode three, you can't just kill them off. <laughs> well, it's interesting oh. though. I mean, they they kind of they they kind of fought oh. that to the nth degree. I mean, I I feel like, you know, to me, I I thought Ahsoka, like, Ahsoka's destiny was to die. Yes. You know, like I I thought I thought that that Vader had to kill us. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, like, that, I that, that, that was Anakin my had to kill. That was my theory. Is too. Padawan and 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 they they sort of. You know, for whatever reason, I, I don't really care what the reason is, but but you know, they they went a different I route with think... that, and and to me, I'm I'm kind of like, well, that kind of flies in the face of of if if you say like certain characters have to be True. destined to end up in a certain well, place, like they 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 were afforded the 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 the, the I guess the 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 opportunity to do something at least something different and with that one character because they exactly that it, and right? that's the that's the point ahsoka and rex were you know original creations they could do whatever they wanted and to me i think the reason they kept they kept ahsoka alive at the end was because she had become so beloved you know she oh i know a lot of girls who grew up watching clone wars where it was their introduction to star wars and mm. That and Ahsoka was the character that spoke to them, like Princess Leia did, to you know the first generation of fans. So, yeah. So that and but then with Rebels, you know, it's a whole new cast, no main characters, no one, you know, in a numbered movie. So any the possibilities were wide open, and and that's what I loved about. Rebels and I loved about Mandalorian was we don't know where any of these characters are going to end up. We don't know, you know, if it... We already had one major character do the heroic sacrifice already in the show and I cried right. and he was a robot. This was the second robot death I have <laughs> cried at in a Star Wars property. First it was K2 yeah. and now it's IG-11. <laughs> Somewhere... Well, actually, I take that back. There were three, because <clears throat> in Rise of Skywalker, in the trailer, you know, you saw somebody operating on 3PO, and he makes the line, I 
taking one last look at my friends. Yeah, remember those death fakeouts? <laughs> they to find. I, I'm not. There's like three or four MacGuffins in this movie, and to find one of them, they have to translate this ancient Sith writing. Now, 3PO, as an interpreter, can translate the writing, but because of a block from his Republic-era programming, he can't actually say it. So that, that scene in the trailer of them of, of that line is, they are going to hack into his head to get that information. The cost is it's going to completely wipe his memory, so you know, the past 50-some years of his life is going to be gone. You know, everything from the Rebellion forward. And, you know, he's... It's actually a touching scene because Ray comes up and says, look, you know the odds better than any of us. If we don't do this, what state's the galaxy going to be in? And 3PO chooses to make the sacrifice. So I'm tearing up at this because he says, because everyone's like, well, what about R2? Didn't R2 ever make a backup of you? That's what, you know, you guys are buddies. He's an astromech unit. I guess he's supposed to make regular backups. And he's like, are you kidding? I wouldn't trust that rust bucket with something as important as my mind. Yeah, so, so I'm crying. And then later in the show, there's R2, and he just jacks his little data probe into 3PO because of course during a power outage of 3PO R2 made a backup of him without his knowledge and I went you sub bitches you you took leave it to R2-D2 to completely violate C-3PO you made 3PO a heroic character you know You, you gave him a purpose you had him make a sacrifice and then you complete, and then you spend the next half hour with him. You know, he he is basically factory default. He's like, oh, uh, and he, hello, nice to meet you. Oh, and I'm C3PO. And then five minutes later, oh, I need to go rescue. I need to go help this person. He's my oldest friend because as of what he means is, I've known you for five minutes. So I'm like, so you know, I'm just. When they pulled that, I went, I'm done. I am done with this movie. So I cried at three robot deaths in Star Wars. So so that brings up an interesting question then. So so then would you would you be also greatly disappointed if if they tried to somehow return IG eleven in some form, shape, or capacity to, I, to the Mandalorian TV show? I don't think they can. Um Simply because, one, I I trust John Favreau and Dave Filoni as writers not to do something that boneheaded. But also because the guy exploded with a thermal detonator in his chest. There wasn't much left to him. I mean, that... What if if R two D two just rolls up and he's like, "I made a backup, bro." I just be like, "Oh God!" So, someone get me a bottle of alcohol. Someone get me a bottle of vodka and just and just just drain it down my throat so I can black out and forget this day existed. Uh, 
That's that's what he was beeping to Yoda about. He's like, I made a backup, bro. <laughs> of a character I haven't even met for another, oh, eight, seven, <laughs> ten years. Ten, ten years. Uh, but this is how much, I mean, there's the internet memes of how baby Yoda has completely embur- you know, engulfed the fandom. You know, and I'm sending daily baby Yoda gifts to my sister, and, you know, there's... The fact that merchandise won't even be available until March, and all of that is already pre-ordered and sold out, is mind-boggling to me. But I have to. I have to give major props to the Disney marketing poll for... Apparently, Donald Glover was partly responsible for this where he told John Favreau, look, you know, in this day and age, it's hard to, you know, surprise the audience. Why don't you keep this Baby Yoda thing a secret, you know? Don't show it in the commercials. Mm. Don't spoil it. Don't have an announcement of it or, you know, have a T-shirt ready to go. And somehow they managed to talk Disney into doing agreeing to it. And look how it paid off, you know? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think, it, it, yeah. If we had known, oh, look, there's a baby Yoda, you know, three months out before the Mandalorian, you'd be like, oh, okay. But like I said, I had a near panic attack. I'm screaming, I'm cheering, and I'm wondering just where this show is going to go. And I'm now 100% invested in it because they pulled out something I completely was not expecting. And now you have got my butt in your seat every week at 6 in the morning for a new episode. I was more looking forward to the next episode of Mandalorian than I was a brand new numbered Star Wars movie. And that, to me, said they have succeeded beyond my wildest expectations. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, like I told you, I didn't go see Rise of Skywalker, but I I did tune into this every week. Now I didn't, I wasn't pulling the whole like watch it when it dropped it. Like you know, I know for you guys, like it drops at like yeah, three a.m. That's why I said but, six. But, but like, I'm like, you know, it, it was yeah. like, it was like back when I was a kid again. You know, with my bowl of cereal and the Saturday morning cartoons. Back in the old days when those were, you know, good. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, you know, you're panning through your newspaper trying to figure out your schedule for the day of what shows you're going to watch. It brought me back to the feeling of excitement and anticipation. And I didn't realize I had kind of lost that when it come to, had come to Star Wars. Because I will never complain about the amount of material we're getting. But I grew up when, you know, it was Return of the Jedi. That was it. And I was born two years late, so I missed the boat on that. And the only new Star Wars I would ever get were the uh, Bantam books. You know, that's my new Star Wars. And then came the prequels. And then, you know, it just, you know, exploded from there. So I think I might have lost a little bit of that excitement 
especially since I'd say about two years ago after the whole Last Jedi debacle and the fact that I feel re-energized as a fan for my base fandom, this is Star Wars is why I'm a geek in the first place. And I can't wait for October or November to roll around so I can strap back into my sofa and see what other surprises are awaiting me. And I'm I'm counting down the days for season two. If if there's an announcement that, that at celebration or D twenty three they're going to, you know, have the season two premiere or a you know sneak peek, I'm gonna do my best to get my butt in a seat there, no matter what it costs. And I can't give a show a better compliment than that. Yeah, no, I think that's it's probably a good place to end everything. I think I think you summed it all up. Oh pretty well, nice. thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I guess I guess I'll just ask: Is there anywhere on the interwebs where people can can find you? Like, is there anything you want sure. to promote or propagate? Well, I have two things regularly that I do, and by regularly I mean as much as I can. <laughs> I have my podcast on twotruefreaks.com called Tangents Abound. It's pretty much just a whatever I want to talk about show. I talk about most of the episodes right in, uh, in my history are about Superman, but I talk about Transformers. I talk about Star Wars. I, I Just whatever I think is cool at the time. Uh, but there's also a sort of kind of spin-off of Tangents Abound called White Base Chronicles. What that is is I'm reading the Gundam The Origin manga, and I'm discussing it from start to finish. Now, what that is, if you're unaware, is a kind of director's cut special edition version of the original uh, 1979 Mobile Suit Gundam anime, but with a lot more extras and more cleaned up plot points because they had 30 years of hindsight to do it. One of the nicest things, though, is at comic-walker.com, they have the uh, manga for free, where you can read it. They release a new chapter every month. The last time I checked it, they were about three-quarters of the way through the whole manga, but it's you know available for free. It's legal, so there, you don't have to worry about any viruses or anything. And every page is in full color. The manga I have in these gorgeous hardbacks is just black and white with a few color pages. And I got to tell you, you got to check out the coloring because it's all hand watercolor and it is, oh, it's so beautiful. And it's not, and Gundam isn't what I always assumed just a giant robot show, because that's what got me into it. Oh, I love giant robots. It's a just a great human interest story about war and how it affects those around us. So right now, I just finished up the first major arc, and I'm starting the second arc. If you're familiar with the Gundam series, it's the Ga- Garma arc. So I'm finally starting to get into the meat of the story a little bit. And I've rambled on long enough, so... Uh, that... No, no, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I, 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 I was gonna say, man, nothing, nothing gets my rocks off more than than colored manga, dude. Like, I love, I love colored manga. So it's awesome that there's, there's a resource out there where we can see all the pages colored because those, like you said, the hardbacks, like it's like yep. the first couple pages, but then after that, it goes back to being. And- black and white and man like, I, I love and the amazing manga. thing is is it was written drawn and colored all by one guy he did it all <laughs> and uh, and I call him out on a few kind of questionable things he does <clears throat> Frabo not wearing any pants and remember she's a 15 year old girl <laughs> when every other female uniform has pants but uh, I, I kind of make a little bit of a so I, I do call him out on some kind of icky stuff, but overall I try to make it fun and accessible for everybody because my goal is to have people check out, you know, oh, I don't want to watch two giant, you know, robots punch each other. Well, maybe there's something that maybe this character or this story would interest you a little bit more. So maybe you could check it out. That's my goal with, with the show. And that's my and you know that's that's our goal podcast and really is we love our we love all our fandoms we're just trying to get other people to say hey come check it out yeah yeah i've i've enjoyed listening to the white base chronicles it's been fun yeah oh yeah. thank you i i have a listener yeah, yeah. i know at least one person is listening yeah, yeah. to it i've i've, I've <laughs> listened to the episodes i like it i i, I enjoy it there it's it's nice to hear someone else's perspective on on gundam and 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 specifically that that origin manga and everything so it's cool yeah oh well thank you now it you know that makes all the hours in the editing room worthwhile <laughs> So thank you, thank you, uh, Derek. Yeah, and thanks, thanks for coming on and 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 do talking some some Mandalorian with me. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, I think I, I think I'm spent. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's a good show. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and/or concerns, you can send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of our episodes, you can check them out over at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. So, until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, this is The Way, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. This isn't The Way, maybe? I don't know. This is Tony, guys. And hey, we made this show for a point. You get the point, I get the point. This is The Way.
Uh, well, on one hand, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. I mean, I I did kind of show up like out of nowhere, but on the flip side, I really do like the show. So, I mean, it's not something I don't want to talk about. So, yeah. Well, I, I like like we said, I'm I'm recording this, so we can we can talk about the Mandalorian for a little bit. Yeah. Do you want do you want to just do like like uh, overview or do you want to like you know go episode by episode since there's only eight episodes or what? What do you think? We can we can kind of do it informally. I think like I don't I don't really have any plan or structure like you know ready. That's fine. Plus I got these damn dogs barking in my background. <laughs> are you are you like dog sitting or? or... No, my roommate just has some friends over, and they brought their dog, and Loki's, like, really territorial, so they're, like, yapping back and forth. I think one of those people like, oh, our dog's so friendly, he'll love him, and it's like, no, you don't understand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Loki's just a barker, and he's got infinite energy, so it's like, you know, he can go forever. That, that does happen, you know? Um, there's Miss Sex. I can make this about a dog, so I just really just didn't want to go there. Um, <laughs> well, he can do that too. Like when sometimes, like one of his other friends brings over a female dog, and he's always trying to hump her leg. So, Damn, man. even though even though he doesn't have his junk anymore, he's like 2020. But I don't care. I'm a dog. <laughs> I can I can I can call you all I want. <laughs> it's like yeah, believe, um, believe bitches. <laughs> uh well uh, i i guess like uh since mike does have to work uh uh do we want to do pee breaks or anything real quick and then get the show rolling yeah i'm i'm good but yeah if you guys want to go pee i'll yeah I'm, I'm good i'm good my bladder has told me this is the way so we're good. this is the way <laughs>